The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It is Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, welcome to it. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu uh, had a pretty interesting presentation on Iran and their lies yesterday. He revealed a cache of documents he says proves Iran lied to the world about its nuclear program for years. And it's no surprise, I don't think, to anybody. Even after the 2015 nuclear deal, Iran did not come clean about its nuclear program. Uh, Of course, for their part, Iran blasted the speech as propaganda. He presented 55,000 pages of documents, 183 CDs. He said that Iran hid an atomic archive of documents on its nuclear program. The IAEA, he said, uh, the nuclear deal is based on lies, based on Iranian deception. Now, some are saying that He didn't really prove anything, but uh, President Trump spoke about 30 minutes afterwards, and he said Netanyahu's speech showed that I I was 100% right in criticizing the nuclear deal. (laughs) And 0% humble. Mm -hmm. So uh, we got that going for us. He's got to decide, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, in the next few days, uh, if we're going to extend that... uh that uh, agreement we had with Iran, and you know, it yep. was made by an honorable president with an honorable nation. So, of course, it's just been so. It's obviously ironclad <laughs> yeah. and well honorable. Uh-huh. Uh, here's what President Trump said. So we'll see what happens. I, I'm not telling you what I'm doing, but a lot of people think they know. And on or before the twelfth, we'll make a decision. Okay. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. we won't negotiate a real agreement. You know, this is an agreement that wasn't approved by too many people. And it's a horrible agreement for the United States, including the fact, Mr. President, that we gave Iran $150 billion and $1.8 billion in cash. Nigeria would like right. some of that. $1.8 billion in cash and $150 billion. You know, we got nothing. We got nothing. So that doesn't mean I wouldn't mm. negotiate a new agreement. We'll see what happens. But uh, I think, if anything, what's happening today and what's happened over the last little while and what we've learned has really shown that I've been 100 percent right. (laughs) Uh, All right. And and uh, here is uh, some of what Netanyahu had to say about Iran during the presentation. Iran lied. Big time. After signing the nuclear deal in uh, 2015, Iran intensified its efforts to hide its secret nuclear files. In 2017, Iran moved its nuclear weapons files to a highly secret location in Tehran. A few weeks ago, in a great intelligence achievement, Israel obtained half a ton of the material inside these vaults. Wow. And here's what we got. 55,000 pages, another 55,000 files 
on 183 CDs. Wow. That <laughs> seems somewhat impressive. Yeah. wonder Boy. how they pulled that off. That, that the huh. picture, man. I mean, he knows and images. Yeah, he does. Make, make the case for you. And so that was impressive yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, and is there, is there any doubt in your mind he's right? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, of course, Iran lies. Of course, they've continued with their nuclear program. Of course, this was a crappy deal, and everybody knew it at the time. We said at the time, don't don't sign this. This is garbage. Wait a minute, Pat. Mm-hmm. You made a deal with a terrorist regime. Yeah. And then you paid them off in cash on a tarmac. How is that not on the up and up? I know. I know. It's just brutal. I mean, to think that American president would, would agree to this, and we got nothing. Remember this? We, we had people behind bars there that are still there today that we didn't even give... Five seconds consideration to bringing home when we could have definitely asked for that. And and he didn't even ask. He didn't even say, hey, uh, give us back those five hostages. He didn't even do that. And they admitted it at the time. <clears throat> and it was disclosed at the time. They left all that money on the tarmac for him. It was $1.5 billion in cash, right? And $150 billion altogether. And they just paid him off. They just paid him off. I mean, how did Barack Obama withstand all the ridiculous things he did? Pretty amazing. And then he still has this uh, aura created by the mainstream media that, oh, there was, there was nothing that happened during his administration. Nothing at all. No scandal. No problems. Barack Obama is uh, almost like a god. <laughs> Actually spoken by... Evan the, Thomas? Yeah, the Newsweek? editor of Newsweek. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, in fact, I think I... I, think I still, you got that? You got that golden oldie over there? I think I still have that here somewhere. Uh, I mean, in a way, Obama's standing above the country, above the, above, country. Above the world. He's sort of God. He's, he, he, yeah. he's <laughs> standing above the country, above the world. I mean, the, in fact, he's kind of God. It's a shame that we could only give him two terms and a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. It's uh, it is. You got to do more for a sort of God. Well, when he stands above the country uh-huh. and above the world, <laughs> oh gosh, doesn't he deserve to have like I don't know at least a lifetime sort of leadership role? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would have totally taken that. You don't, you don't dismiss God from your leadership. <laughs> Pretty amazing. I mean. How things have changed uh, since then in the eyes of the media. Now we've got a president who's, you know, the opposite. Now we've got a president who can do nothing right. Now we've got a president who doesn't even take a salary and they still hate his guts. Who has uh, brought us to the brink of peace with North Korea. And they still hate his guts. Uh, and in light of this White House uh, press core dinner that they had over the weekend and even some of the mainstream media was complaining about uh michelle wolf and her nastiness and how it was not really decent it was uh it was despicable how she attacked sarah huckabee sanders because of the way she looks essentially insinuated that uh she's a fat lesbian 
is basically what she was saying. And everybody knows that. And even with all of that, does the mainstream media say, wow, she's, uh, I mean, this is, these people are out of control. Maybe we should back off our hatred of Donald Trump. Nope. They're blaming Donald Trump (laughs) because he set this stage. Yeah. Now, we have complained about Donald Trump's rhetoric in the past. We have talked about its inappropriate nature. We have not supported all the things he has said. Uh, But come on. At least admit that the nastiness didn't begin with Donald Trump. He didn't start uh, the nasty rhetoric in this country. The nasty rhetoric in this country did not begin in 2015 when he started running for president. Uh, and for her part, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was the victim here, who was the, the target of Michelle Wolf's attacks, these wonderful jokes that she told all night long. <clears throat> How did she respond to all of this? Uh, she said she's praying for Michelle Wolf. Said it didn't bother her. She's praying for her. I mean, that's pretty great. Uh, that's pretty classy. Uh, and she even walked into the after party of the White House press corps. The, every, you know, they do the dinner, then they got a party after the dinner, and it's hosted by one of the networks, MSNBC. Sarah Huckabee Sanders walks in after the event and getting savage like that and humiliated and embarrassed on national television. And then walks in smiling to the MSNBC party and glad hands with everybody. And she was asked about the comments. And she's like, oh, it it didn't bother me. I'm praying for her. Wow. Who wins there? Uh, I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And when we talk about how do we get over this? How do we get through this really mean, nasty, divisive period uh, in American society? I think that's how. I, I think you just rise above it. I mean, she rose above this. And she just became the winner here, I think. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Sarah Huckabee Sanders either, but uh, that makes me more of a fan, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty classy. Chris Matthews. Listen to him blame... Donald Trump for what happened at the White House press corps dinner. On Saturday night, a comic at the White House Correspondents Dinner made jokes. No, let me stop there. Made fun of a woman's appearance, and a lot of people laughed. Congratulations, President Trump. On this point, you are a leader. You do it, now others do it. They fall in line behind your really? new lowered standard for human decency. So this guy's spitting and slobbering and foaming at the mouth all over himself. Uh, Blaming Donald Trump for what Michelle Wolf said about Donald Trump and his staff. One of my heroes, former New York Senator Daniel Patrick Monahan, coined mm-hmm. a phrase for this dynamic. He called it defining deviancy downward. You lower the bar on what is okay in public conversation. Mm-hmm. You say it's all right to mock people with nicknames or with withering assaults okay. on their appearance. And guess what? What? Even your critics start to act that way. Even his critics start to act that way. <laughs> Are you kidding? <sighs> Chris, were you born yesterday? His critics did not start acting that way this weekend. They've been acting that way for a good long time, long before 
uh, Donald Trump was president of the United States. And Come that on. is what we saw on Saturday night at the no, Washington Hilton Hotel. No, it's not. The hotel where Ronald Reagan was shot. But this time it was hmm. not an attack on a president, but a sixth salute to what he, Donald Trump, says is acceptable. So mark the date, Saturday, April 28th. It's when Donald Trump got his critics down in the mud with him. <laughs> because they were so far above it before. Right, well, yeah. They Seriously? were up there with Obama floating high above it all. That's unbelievable. And, 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 and Rob Reiner did the same thing in his tweet. You know, Trump, you you have created this uh, hostile environment for everyone that disagrees with you. Yeah. So he, this is he created it. I mean, seriously, ridiculous. If you if you have multiple kids and one of them is acting up and they come back with you, well, my brother acts that way too. He oh, started it. Is that plausible? No. I mean, come on. No. Stop it. Let me tell you about Riduzone. Uh, this is a big part of the Blaze family now. Just about everybody is using this. Diet and exercise, basic formula for, for weight loss. Um, but if you want an extra boost, Riduzone is great. It's a safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged dietary supplement. You don't have to worry about a bunch of weird chemicals, harmful things. It's all natural, and it's very safe. It was launched by a local company who took the good stuff in olive oil and created this patented product with OEA in it. Uh, OEA has been shown to boost metabolism and reduce your appetite. Helps you burn fat. So with proper nutrition and exercise, Riduzone can help you lose weight. And even tougher, help you keep it off. Because to me, that's, that's the most difficult stage. Is after you've lost all the weight, you're feeling pretty good. And you're tired of dieting. You're tired of not eating the foods you like. And so you just start right back into uh, everything you did before. And you gain it back and sometimes then some. That's where Riduzone steps in because it can help you with your appetite control so you're not thinking about food all the time. Riduzone.com. Enter the promo code PAT and get 30% off a three-month supply. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Riduzone.com. Join now by Brad Staggs. With a little history lesson. I thought it would be kind of fun. Ooh, I like these. Doctor, uh, Dr. Easy. Those were those are right. Mm-hmm. Those are our products that were actually created uh, by a doctor years and years ago who got well. He got sick of you know having to buy these expensive medical. Could have been a she, likely he. Mm. Could have been uh, tired easy. of buying these exactly okay. buying these expensive medical tools and things. Man, there's got to be an easier way. Mm. <laughs> Hence, Doctor Easy created <laughs> these tools that were less expensive. And doctors could actually use them. And they first, you know, went for the epidectomy kit and all that. The kidney stone oh, kit. Like mail order. Right. Like, uh, kits that you can <laughs> and they thought, do it yourself. People do this at home. <laughs> nah, we should rethink the appendectomy <laughs> kit, they thought. Right. And they said something a little easier would be the ear washing system. Oh. And seriously, they have these Dr. Easy pumps that doctors use in their office that look almost exactly like the ones that you get with the Use Wax RX system. Huh. And what they did was they just designed it a little differently so you could use it at home for a lot less money mm-hmm. than what it costs to go to the doctor's office and have it done there. And you have the benefit of your ears ending up supple. Exactly. So. Exactly. So if you want to use the same basically medical instruments that are being used in a doctor's office without having to go to the doctor's office and pay all that money, you can go to usewaxrx.com, especially if you're experiencing that itchiness or fullness or nastiness in your ears. Mm. Get them clean. It's a three-step system, and it's a lot less money. Usewaxrx.com and promo code radio for free shipping. Pat Gray. 
only on the Blaze Radio Network. Nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. So, bunch of questions from uh, the Mueller camp to President Trump and his people have been leaked now to the press. New York Times obtained uh, all of these questions, and uh, it's kind of interesting. First section is entitled "Questions Related to Michael T. Flynn." former national security advisor. I don't know why these were leaked. Uh, what did you know about the phone calls that Mr. Flynn made with the Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak? What was your reaction to news reports on January 12th, 2017 and February 8th and 9th, 2017? Like you're supposed to remember the news reports of that day? And you don't. Where were you that day, Pat? Uh, January 12th, 2017? Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, here. Playing the odds. <laughs> uh, what did you know about Sally Yates's meeting w- about Mr. Flynn? How was the decision made to fire Mr. Flynn? After the resignations, what efforts were made to reach out to Mr. Flynn about seeking immunity or possible pardon? Uh, the next section is uh, a questions related to James B. Comey, former FBI director. What's your opinion of Mr. Comey during the transition? Uh, I don't know, great guy. <laughs> what did you think about Mr. Comey's intelligence briefing on January 6th, 2017, about Russian election interference? What's your reaction to Comey's briefing that day? Uh, what was the purpose of your January 27th dinner with Mr. Comey, and what was said? Yeah, I don't remember everything that was said. Uh, trying to think if I took copious contemporaneous notes (laughs) because if i did i'm gonna have to refer to those contemporaneous notes uh what did you know about the fbi's investigation into mr flynn and russia in the days leading up to comey's testimony what did you do in reaction to the march 20th testimony describe your contacts with intelligence officials what did you think and do In reaction to the news that the special counsel was speaking to Mr. Rogers. Oh, no. They were speaking to Fred Rogers? Oh, here we go. Was he alive at the time? (laughs) I don't know. I thought it was weird when they said, hey, why do you, Mr. Rogers, why do you always say, hey, neighbor, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood? That's what I was thinking. Were you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Why did you choose that particular catchphrase Uh uh, for your children's program? How do you choose a sweater every day? I mean, that's got to be tough. You, right? You ever you ever open that closet, Fred, and say, "I know it's not in the script. I'm supposed to wear a brown uh, sweater today, but I'm going with I'm going with green. I'm going to live a little." Do you ever put shorts on? <laughs> you know, when you get home and you slip Ooh. off your you slip off your dress shoes, put on the the running shoes, the sneakers. Yeah. Do you ever think, "Nah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with some gym shorts and a t-shirt today"? I don't want to see Fred Rogers' <laughs> legs ever. <laughs> you could really have fun with these questions. <laughs> yeah. 
What was the purpose of your calls to Comey on March 30th and April 11th? Yeah, I don't remember either of those days. This is over, do you understand this was over a year ago? And I've done a lot of calls since. So <laughs> Yeah, most of them have been transcribed and leaked to the press. Yeah. So if you want to know what I said to which world leader, just check Google. What was the purpose of your April 11th statement to Maria Bartiroma? Uh, okay. Do we don't know the quote? I don't know. What day was it? Uh, April 11th, right. 2017. Okay. Some statement to Maria Bartiromo. What did you think and do about Comey's May 2017 testimony? Uh, regarding the decision to fire Comey, when was it made? Why? Who played a role? What did you mean when you told Russian diplomats on May 10, 2017 that firing Comey had taken the pressure off? What did you mean in your interview with Mr. Lester Holt about Comey in Russia? I don't know. What did I say about him? Uh, what was the purpose of your May 12th tweet? <laughs> You're supposed to remember your May 12th tweet? Okay. All right. So what was his <laughs> statement to Bartiromo? You're going to love this. Uh, she said to, to President Trump... Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Trump Trump is talking to her, and he says, Director Comey was very, very good to Hillary Clinton. That I can tell you. If he weren't, she would be right now going on trial. I, I agree with that. Yes. How do you disagree yes. with that? If Comey, I think he's going to regret for the rest of his life um, that investigation starting up a few weeks before the uh, election. And um, <laughs> he absolutely... I cannot, but it just doesn't match up with everything else that he has, uh, that it's believed about him and his loyalty mm-hmm. uh, to her. Mm-hmm. So it's very strange. And, um, yeah, and, it is. And anyway, but if Comey wasn't very, very good to Hillary, as Trump said, uh, April 2017, she absolutely would be going on trial. I think so too. I mean, who, who can you think of in American politics? Besides maybe Barack Obama that doesn't need to be on trial for something. I mean, the stuff that, that she leaked from that bathroom closet server that ended up in foreign hands. I mean, mm-hmm. we would absolutely be behind bars today. Absolutely. Oh, any rank and file citizen? Think about no this. No question about The guy it. takes a picture inside a, a nuclear sub. Remember that guy? He got prosecuted because it was like a top secret thing in the background or whatever. Yeah. But this woman, she leaked. Oh, ooh, boy. Absolutely. She's, she should, if nothing else, should be laying low and counting her blessings that she's not behind bars somewhere. Never mind the presidency. You need to get over that. You should be grateful that you're not behind bars serving time for the stuff you've done to this country. So what a weird question. What was the purpose of your statement to Maria Bartiroma? When you said, Director Comey was very, very good to Hillary Clinton. That I can tell you. If he weren't, she would be right now going to trial. Uh, So my purpose was to tell people that uh, she should be grateful to him because he was really good to her. That was my purpose. Yeah. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Next. Jeez, man. So bizarre. Uh, we've, we've got some interesting uh, statements from Comey uh, about Hillary, too. Should Hillary Clinton have been charged with a crime? No. When she was interviewed, why wasn't she put mm. under oath? Didn't matter whether she was under oath. The same thing I talked about with the, an interview mm. with President Trump. Mm-hmm. Whether you're under oath or not, it's still a crime to lie during that interview. I see. And so it's inconsequential in terms of the strategy no, of the interview. No, it's not. Do you wish she'd won? Do you wish she'd I won? I wish she'd won. Good question. Yeah, I, 
That's one I'm not going to answer, I don't think. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he shows you Boy, he does. because you said your family members do. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. What would your life be like if she'd won? I also don't know the answer to that. I think I would still be the FBI director. Okay, well, that's interesting. Obviously, uh, he he was pretty good to her. He thinks he'd still be the FBI director if she was president of the United States. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, he did launch an investigation into her like two weeks before the election that hurt her mm-hmm. and and hurt her badly. Now, he says she's a rule of law person, so that wouldn't have affected her. Uh-huh. I mean, question the man's judgment on everything else sure. after saying that. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Mueller questions that were leaked about campaign coordination with Russia. Here's what they were going to ask. When did you become aware of the Trump Tower meeting? What involvement did you have in the communication strategy, including the release of Donald Trump Jr.'s emails? During a 2013 trip to Russia, what communication and relationships did you have with the Agalarovs and Russian government officials? I'm not familiar with the Agalarovs. Are you? Nope. Yeah, I don't, I've never heard of the Agalarovs. Nope. There's a lot that I will admit that um, comes up that I'm like, wait, I got to look into that one. Yeah. I don't know this one. Uh, but I, Oh, here we go. Hold on. Um, Trump Tower meeting was arranged through the Russian singer Iman Agalarov, his billionaire father, Aras Agalarov, and a music promoter, Mr. Mueller, is scrutinizing the nature of connections between okay. the Agalarovs, Mr. Trump and Russia. So singers, mm-hmm. Russian singers. So Trump's got ties to Russian singers. Yeah. Yesterday we found out he's got ties to an MMA fighter. We did. Because he owned part of a league in which that guy fought. Yeah. So you know that's a that's a lock solid, I mean, just absolutely dead lock tie <laughs> I to mean, Russia. That's, that's, uh, that's a direct pipeline to Vladimir Putin. See, I knew this guy, right, that, that was mm-hmm. an extra in a movie one time. Yeah. And he didn't have a speaking role, but he heard lines being recited by an actor, kind of a B-rate actor, who was being directed by someone that was kind of moderate, that works for a pretty big company that makes films that you might have heard of. So I probably am a movie mogul myself and just not realized it. Probably. Okay. I mean, that sounds pretty, pretty solid. Uh, that's an incredible tie right there. Thank you. Thank it's almost you. like you're married to somebody. Right. Uh, what communication did you have with Michael D. Cohen? Felix Sater and others, including foreign nationals, about Russian real estate developments during the campaign. This is about a failed effort to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course, uh, I mean, can you fault him for business ties in Russia? The guy's a global businessman. He's got property everywhere. I mean, you could connect Donald Trump probably to To almost every country country on Earth. (laughs) Seriously, everywhere there's money to be made, Uh Trump is going to try to be there. 
Doesn't that make sense? It just does make sense. He's got, you know, uh, hotels and uh, residential residential areas and uh, and all kinds of real estate deals. So, of course, he'd be talking to Russians about that. What discussions did you have during the campaign regarding any meeting with Mr. Putin? Did you discuss it with others? What discussions did you have during the campaign regarding Russian sanctions? What involvement did you have concerning platform changes regarding arming Ukraine? You know, are they even going to... What if you just say, I, I didn't, we didn't talk about any of this? How are they going to know? What, what good is this? Yeah, that... that I, we never uh, talked about platform changes regarding arming Ukraine. A portion of the Ukraine. Republican platform was changed in a way more favorable to Russia. That seems vaguely familiar. Okay, but still, I mean, what involvement did you have concerning platform changes regarding arming Ukraine? Um, uh, heads up, um, when you are the nominee, you have a lot to say about platform changes, no matter mm-hmm. what the topic. Every mm-hmm. four years this happens, more favorable to whatever the candidate likes. it certainly doesn't mean that you're tied in to the right. Russian government. Correct. During the campaign, what did you know about Russian hacking, use of social media, or other acts aimed at the campaign? What knowledge did you have of any outreach by your campaign, including by Paul Manafort, to Russia about potential assistance to the campaign? Uh, if they had knowledge of assistance, I mean, then you've got a tie. Uh, what did you know about communication between Roger Stone, his associates, Julian Assange, or WikiLeaks? What did you know during the transition about an attempt to establish back-channel communication to Russia and Jared Kushner's efforts? What did you know about a 2017 meeting in the Seychelles involving Eric Prince? Uh, what did you know about a Ukrainian peace proposal provided to Mr. Cohen in 2017? So, uh, I'm, I, I'm unclear as to why this has been leaked to the press uh, and, and what exactly, what benefits it provides anybody. I mean, if, if nothing else, it is interesting to it see is. these questions, mm-hmm. but who has access to this stuff? And, you know, there's always a, an ulterior motive, so... Always. And this went to the New York Times, right? Or who? Yes, okay. New York Times. Well, then I think we know mm-hmm. which side leaked this then mm-hmm. and what they're trying I to accomplish. I think the Mueller side did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Maybe they've decided that uh, Trump's not going to cooperate. Maybe they've decided he's not going to answer these questions. And so maybe they leaked the questions to show, get people thinking about it and wondering why he won't answer these questions. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Then we've got uh, potential candidates for U.S. Senate seats who are talking about the impeachment <laughs> of Donald Trump. You know the blue wave. There's a blue wave coming to Texas. Blue wave. Beto O'Rourke is riding the blue wave. He's going to beat Ted Ted Cruz. He's he's riding the blue wave. So he appeared on MSNBC's. KCDC to discuss whether he has seen the president commit an impeachable offense so far. Here's what uh, Beto O'Rourke, candidate for U.S. Senate in Texas, said. 
Very quickly before I let you go, uh, I have to ask you about Tom Steyer, who uh, you've been in a bit of a spat with uh, lately. He is talking about impeaching the president. Uh, do you think that, it, his money aside, do you think that talking now about impeaching the president, have you seen the president commit an impeachable offense so far? Here's what I think we should focus on. Uh, the integrity and the independence of the Bob Mueller investigation because we need to allow him to follow those facts as far as they go, as high up as they reach, and then present them to the members of the House of Representatives who, Democrat and importantly in a Republican majority institution, Republican alike, will have to make that decision whether or not the President has committed impeachable offenses. Until those facts are presented and are compelling enough for people to put country before party, I do think the conversation is premature, and I want to make sure that we protect Bob Mueller and his team's ability to finish this investigation so that we get true accountability and justice for this country. Interesting. Uh, he's changed his tune a little bit. Now it's, a, it's premature. It's premature to uh, talk about him impeaching the president. Uh, but that's created a little rift between him and Tom Steyer, who's running ads on national TV, that it is time to impeach the president. Uh, so, if you want Tom Steyer's money <laughs> as you're running for office against uh, Ted Cruz, I guess you got to toe the line. And he's not necessarily. He's just. He's still saying that. Now he's saying that it's a little early. Why? Because it's not going to do him any good in the state of Texas to say that I'm running on a platform of pushing for the impeachment of the president of the United States. And I think most of his party is probably saying, hey, Beto, or whatever your name is, relax on that, will you? Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's gone from, oh, yeah, there's collusion, uh-huh. to, oh, well, I don't know. That's not up to me to say. I was looking into Mueller's investigation. We'll see if there's anything going on there. I was, uh... Sounds like a candidate that got a phone call from somebody. <laughs> yes. yes, I wonder who it was. Because, you know, you've got your Tom Stiers, who are... Full speed ahead on impeachment. And then you've got other people who are a little bit more responsible in office that also want Beto O'Rourke to, to replace Ted Cruz. And they're like, hey, dude, I mean, you're young and handsome and, and let's just ride this blue wave to <laughs> victory here and relax on the impeachment stuff because that's maybe a little too extreme. Uh, he said the findings of the investigation should be presented to the House before lawmakers make a decision about whether the president committed. I mean, what are the, what is the what is even a candidate for an impeachable offense? I'd like to know what are you even considering to be impeachable? What high crime and misdemeanor has he committed since he's been in office? And you have to. You can't go on suspicion. Can we stop putting the cart before the horse? If it's proven that the man created is guilty of treason, mm -hmm. bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, then we have the discussion. Yeah, right. Uh, stop right. because, and I think even Maxine Waters last week it seems like was backing off of that, if I remember correctly. Did she? Which is strange. Yeah, it, what it was is it? strange. I, I, I think there's something in the Democrat Party yeah. where they're saying, "Hey, calm, calm down on that." Okay, we're starting to lose some support here. Mm -hmm.
people are getting a little nervous about how extreme we're getting. We got a poll today somewhere over there in the stack of, of millennials dropped 10% in their support yeah. for Democrats. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they're up for grabs in November. I mean, that's amazing. I do have that because that's interesting. Yeah. Millennials have been the spine of the support for the Democrat Party for a while now. And they are absolutely counting on that to continue. The last thing they want is to lose the millennials. And I'm, I'm looking for the... Yeah. Got it in the stack. And I'm looking I've for my, uh, my Maxine Waters thing. I see where she's, she asked Trump to please resign. Yeah. So we don't have to uh, impeach you. That's not as harsh as I was thinking it was, or as you know, solid there on. Not as just, backtracked. Yeah, as, not as backtracky. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like there was something out there, but anyhow, um, there you go. As for the millennials, uh, enthusiasm for the Democratic Party is waning among millennials as its candidates head into the crucial midterm congressional elections. Okay, this is a Reuters Ipsos national opinion poll. The online survey of more than sixteen thousand registered voters from eighteen to thirty-four shows their support for Democrats over Republicans for Congress slipped about nine percentage points over the last two years. Now it's down to 46% overall. And they increasingly say the Republican Party is a better steward of the economy. (laughs) Well, they're only saying that because it's true. (laughs) So, although nearly two of three young voters polled said they don't like Republican President Donald Trump, their distaste for him doesn't necessarily extend to all Republicans or translate directly into votes for Democrats. Now, that's great. Mm-hmm. That, that gives me some hope here. That presents a potential problem for Democrats who have come to count on millennials as a core constituency, and they'll need all the loyalty they can get to get the net gain of 23 seats to capture control of the House. Uh, young voters represent an opportunity and a risk for both parties, according to Donald Green, political science professor at Columbia. They're not as wedded to one party. They're easier to convince than, say, your 50 or 60-year-olds who don't really change their minds very often. Terry Hood, 34, an African-American who works at uh, a dollar store in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and took part in the poll, said he voted for Hillary Clinton, but he'll consider a Republican for Congress because he believes the party is making it easier to find jobs. And he applauds the Republican-led tax cut effort. What? How about that? There's an open-minded kid. You mean the crumbs that they threw you were meaningful to you? Hmm. That's interesting because they're actually seeing it in their lives. They're seeing it make a difference. They're getting more money in their paycheck. They're actually getting paychecks because they have jobs. Uh, I hope... That a lot more people wake up. And maybe they're looking around at some of these Democrat-controlled cities, like, I don't know, San Francisco, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Detroit, Cleveland, Boston, all of these hellholes of, uh, of the Democrat Party where they've controlled these places for 60 to 80 years. And maybe they're saying, huh, they're not doing a very good job. That's interesting. Because millennials love to live in these cities, these um, yeah, they do these revitalized urban centers, mm-hmm. and now they're getting to see 
not two blocks from where they live, what the city really looks like, right. up close and personal. I never even thought about it like that. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a voting block that's up for grabs. Maybe uh, free agent millennials. Um, Be great. That's interesting. Uh, it gives you a little hope for the for the November elections. Uh, let me tell you about a great product that uh, I am totally sold on now. It took a long time to try it, but I finally did try Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. And so I've started using it every day. It's the it's really about the only way I ever get any vegetables in my diet. <laughs> every uh, scoop gives you a full serving of organic fruits and vegetables. You just take a scoop and dump it into eight ounces of water or, you know, uh, some kind of smoothie or whatever you like. And it sweetens it. It tastes great. And uh, it's prebiotic, probiotic, boosts your immunity. There's antioxidant power. And it isn't extracted from anything. It's actual real food. It's so easy. And it tastes great. And you're just going to feel better and have more energy during the course of your day. Go to BrickHousePat.com. Try Field of Greens today. And get 10% off a month's supply with the offer code PAT. If you've ever thought, why can't vegetables taste good? Yeah. I'd eat them don't, if they just tasted good. Don't undersell this. It really <laughs> it, does taste it great. Does. It's like Kool-Aid, man. Yeah, this is the way <laughs> to do it. So go to BrickHousePat.com. That's BrickHousePat.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. 888 It's because the left is so peaceful and inclusive and uh, accepting. Uh, a former member of Snoop Dogg's rapping entourage is calling for gang members to assault Kanye West. Why? Uh, his recent support of Donald Trump. Daz Dillinger. How much of uh, Daz's stuff do you have at home in... Your music library. I'm going to have to count mm-hmm. how many of his... Uh... That was probably silly of me to yeah. ask because you mm-hmm. got... I mean, who can count it all? It's Well, I didn't know. See, the reason I hesitated, I wasn't sure if you were talking about the B-sides and Yeah, the, I'm just uh, talking about and... all of it. Just, you know, the singles, the albums, the streaming, you know, the downloads. Yeah, a couple <laughs> of nothing. If you include everything, <laughs> the Daz Dillinger collection is going to be... Too extensive, yeah. right? Yeah, we I don't mean, want to waste time on that one. Anyway, Daz has recorded several successful hip-hop records, like I have to tell you that, <laughs> right. as part of the Dog Pound duo in the 1990s. Well, oh, say that again. I just want you to hear, I want to hear the name the of the band. The Dog Pound duo. T-H-A. Not yeah. the, it's the Dog Pound. Mm-hmm. Uh, made the apparent threat in a video posted to Instagram, which was later removed. Hmm. He said, yo... Na- national alert all the crips out there so he's calling on gang members Good grief. of the crips you know of crips and bloods fame mm-hmm. uh all the crips out there y'all f kanye up oh okay nice so he's calling for kanye west to be effed up by these uh by crips gang members uh his dillinger's real name is delmar drew arnaud 
Yeah, you also, knew that. Yeah, of course. You don't I mean don't. I mean, come I, on. there's no Dillinger trivia that uh, you can stump me with. He also warned West to stay out of Long Beach, California, and all of California, in fact, even though uh, the Wests famously live in upscale Calabasas in the northwest San Fernando Valley. Okay, so Kanye and uh, Kim Kardashian, right? Sure. Isn't that his... Yeah. Is that his wife, or are they just uh, significant others? Um, it's his wife. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Yeah, they're married. Thank okay. you. Okay, good for them. <laughs> it's wonderful. So they live in uh, Calabasas, which is in California. So he's supposed to stay out of California, but he lives there. Just don't go to Long Beach, I guess. Better not ever see you in concert. Better not ever see you around the LBC, Long Beach County. Oh, yeah, of course. See, I've got to, you know, unhip this for the uninitiated in hip talk like you. Thank you you for your help. Uh, Better better not ever see you around California. Stay in Calabasas, you hear me? Wait. Because we got a crip alert for Kanye. Wow. So he says stay out of California, but Yeah, but, Calabasas. The, but he knows he's in Calabasas. <laughs> Doesn't make it, are you asking uh, Daz to make sense here? I mean, is it Come like on. a sanctuary city? Mm, must be. For this situation? Calabasas must be the only place in California he can be. Okay. Uh, so his posts were an apparent reaction to West and his unexpected support for Trump. Plenty of reaction from celebrities across social media. Rappers Curtis, 50 Cent Jackson, mm-hmm. YG, Nipsey Hustle. Yeah, come on. Man, the Nipsey Hustle uh, stuff, oh, too. Like, yeah. Uh, who shared an image of a recent performance in D.C. captioned, Picture speak in a thousand words. The post includes a shot of the stage displaying photos of West wearing a Make America Great Again hat. <laughs> That's great. It's a pretty bold move for Kanye to do that. I'm not a huge Kanye fan. No, that might surprise a lot of people. Whoa, really? I know, yeah, yeah. You can't just throw that out there. I know. Huh. I know. But, you know, that's, that is, that is not common in the rap genre, I would say, right? It's pretty safe to say that not a lot of rappers love Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of rap enthusiasts love Donald Trump. So when Kanye comes out and supports him, whoa, or supports somebody who supports him, which is which is what happened, I think. Uh, and then it leads to this. Jeez. Just again, it just shows you who these people are. National alert to all the Crips out there. F up Kanye. Jeez. Because he supported the president. Come on now. Yeah, this society is. Definitely going to be fine. We're going to be fine? Yeah, we're going to, yes, we're going to. Okay, yeah, I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. I, for just a second, I wasn't quite positive on that, but <laughs> you're saying it's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> uh, have you seen the images of Fukushima streets? Uh-oh. There is a journalist who went to Fukushima and, of course, uh, the nuclear meltdown there ki- killed, was it 80 million people? Some, um, you're like rounding down, I believe. Okay. It was more like 100 to 200 million people. Now, of course, <laughs> a lot of people died in the tsunami, but nobody died in the nuclear meltdown. But the theory is that it just wiped out the planet virtually. And we always make such a big deal out of these things when really they've all been pretty well contained. 
But uh, the city near, I think they're five miles from Fukushima. They were, they, 100,000 people left town and never came back. And so he went into the area and took shots of this um, and <clears throat> showed all the abandoned cars, the empty streets, the shops that have fallen into disrepair. Uh, it, it shows just an apocalyptic wasteland. And almost nobody has been there because they're of the fears of lingering radiation. Um, but this British explorer went in and, and took pictures of it all. And it's fascinating to see. There's still papers on the floor from when this happened seven years ago. There's, I mean, everything is exactly the same because nobody's been back since. Wow. It's kind of like uh, Chernobyl, mm-hmm. right? Which, which has been abandoned for, what, 30 years uh, and has become overgrown and... But this, seven years later, is uh, it's amazing to see. Maybe we'll uh, tweet out that link a little later on. 888-933-93. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888 933 Glenn sweetly and lovingly speculated that this could be my last show, <laughs> uh, which was beautiful, uh, because tomorrow I go back into surgery for the second time, the whole you know kidney issue. Uh, they're going to take out one of the stints. I've got stints in both kidneys. Mm-mm. And uh, uh, I don't know, kidney stones and... and uh, 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 a I'm shoe. I think I have a shoe in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there might be a concrete block uh, somewhere. Now inside that's probably of me. pretty accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> they're going to try to deal with some of that tomorrow. And so Glenn was uh, was talking about this could be my last show and these could be my last words. Yeah. So people on Twitter are now speculating what my last words. Yeah, it's become a thing. Maybe. Hashtag Pat's last words. That's great. Thank you. Very fun. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Just Who Muck and Futch says that uh, Pat's last words would be, mm. I never thought I'd actually have to eat my shorts. Nice. Uh, Nicole <laughs> tweets out with the hashtag Pat's last words. Uh-huh. Sorry, foreigner. I tried. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> spunky trucker mm. uh, hashtag Pat's last words that cop will never get to pull me over again <laughs> okay I like that yeah I like that anyhow oh, uh, it's a good American shrugged uh, hashtag Pat's last words mm-hmm. Jeffy you're fat <laughs> <laughs> so there's some good ones out uh, there that's great use the hashtag pat's right. last words and let's i'm kind of hoping they're not going to be today no you know or anytime soon yeah because you got that other surgery on yeah. monday you gotta at least yeah. make it to that right so right so i got a couple of chances here mm-hmm. uh to be killed off um 
It's kind of, you know, it is kind of creepy because they do warn you because there's always a risk. I hate right? that warning. And, and they tell you that. There's always a risk with this stuff. So let me tell you what could happen. Mm-hmm. You could be dead in about 15 minutes. Well, really? But <laughs> do I have to? Yeah. And uh, let me tell you about some of the other things. We might cut off the wrong limb. Well, wait, I I didn't know we were amputating anything. I hate What's that? <laughs> And like, like the only thing missing, it's like they're hovering above you, that bright light above your head, and you're staring straight up, and they've got the little gas mask about to come mm-hmm. down. Anything else? Like, uh, oh, do you have your fares in order? Everything good with the will and stuff? Mm-hmm. You're good? Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah, the, the nurse from the place we're doing the surgery called yesterday, and is like, do you have a living will? And it was, what? Uh, <laughs> this isn't a great time to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, though. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'll tell you what's more terrifying. What's more terrifying than going under the knife and being unconscious there on the table mm-hmm. and having your life in the hands of strangers. Anyway, good luck tomorrow is when mm-hmm. it's your kid because oh. you are oh, signing sure. those papers and they're like, yeah. your child will be unconscious. And there is a chance that, I, it, that is harder than me going into that situation. I hate that. No man. doubt. Have you have you've had kids be operated on? Yeah, already. Uh, yeah, my son needed stitches, uh, busted his face once. Oh, um, and you had to get the disclaimers then. Yeah, oh, yeah, because because they knocked him out. Uh, oh, okay. It yeah. was his Anesthesia. mouth and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. so he was really young. And I'm signing this document in the room, and I'm just no, I don't like this. But it worked out great. You know. I mean, yeah, you, it usually does. I, so. But still, it's that it's still that time, and they don't let you in there. They did not let us anywhere near when Ezra was getting uh, uh, the stitches. You, speaking for me, that entire time that he goes in there until I see him uh, wide awake and happy again, that was one of the most top top three stressful moments of my life. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. Not fun. Yeah. So anyway, uh, good luck. Hope it works out. Yeah. Um, we'll mm-hmm. be thinking about you. We'll be praying for you. Unless you don't like thoughts and prayers. Do you? No, are, I do. Is that cool? I, I actually do. I almost feel like it's... we have to ask in this society. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm prayers? cool with it. Yeah. Okay, Definitely cool with thoughts and prayers. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So hopefully I'll be back on Thursday. I, I don't know. It depends on pain level and discomfort level and uh, all of that. So we'll see. So certainly by Friday. Right? Unless I'm a total complete wuss. Well, then it's Friday. You might just want to play hooky by then. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe turn it into a long weekend by Wait then. a minute. And then you've got more mm-hmm. surgery coming up. Well, mm-hmm. you can turn this into a nice little... Oh, yeah. Because Monday. Yeah. But please yeah. don't because then, mm-hmm. then I'm here... With Jeffy. With Jeffy. With Jeffy. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. don't want to be. So... Uh, all right. The Department of Justice filed complaints against 11 individuals believed to be members of the Central American migrant caravan, <coughs> accusing them of illegal entering, illegally entering the U.S. After a month-long journey by bus, train, and on foot, about 100, I, you know, you hear a different number every single story. I've heard 100, I've heard 400, I've seen 600, who knows? But this says about 100 migrants arrived at San Ysidro, San, San Ysidro uh, port of entry on the U.S.-Mexico border, preparing to claim asylum. About 20 to 30 migrants spent the night inside an immigration processing center in Tijuana. An organizer of the caravan vowed they would remain at the immigration processing center until every last one is admitted into the United States. Two Salvadorans, six Hondurans, three Guatemalans faced charges. 
Ten of them face a misdemeanor charge for allegedly entering the U.S. illegally. Another is alleged to have entered the country after they were previously deported and faces a felony charge. The probable cause statement alleges many of those charged were seen in an area known as Goat Canyon, about four miles west of San Ysidro, on the U.S. side of the border. Others were seen on the U.S. side of the border, two miles west of San Ysidro, in an area known as W-8. Now, because we've got these uh, caravanners right here at the border and they're insisting on coming in, CNN decided to publish five supposed myths about the caravan. CNN says, you may have heard the migrant caravan is full of Mexicans. No, I actually haven't heard that. Or that they're trying to enter the U.S. illegally, but neither is true. I, I love the spin on this. Now, they, they're insisting that they're coming here regardless of what we do. So... And already 11 of them have been charged with entering illegally. You cannot say that that's absolutely false. You can't. So, anyway, they continue. With all the myths circulating about the caravan. I mean, what a spin on this. Let's separate fact from fiction. These migrants are from Mexico. They're not. They're from Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. Um... And they're trying to gain asylum. They're not entering illegally. These migrants are seeking asylum, which allows people fleeing persecution to live legally in a different country. And international law requires countries to hear asylum seekers' requests. It's actually illegal to dismiss asylum seekers without hearing their case. Mm -hmm. A class action lawsuit filed last year accuses U.S. Border and Customs Protection of illegally turning away asylum seekers. These are the conditions migrants are escaping from. Uh, They say that it's really bad in Honduras. There's all kinds of gang uh, violence. There are threats against these people. I mean, essentially, they're just going with whatever they're being told by the by the people in the caravan. Yeah, and and note to the uh, asylum seekers. Uh, we had a celebrity that was just threatened by a gang here in America. So do you mm. really want to come hang out here for yeah. a while? Uh, and by the way, you talk about the way CNN spinning the news. I got an alert on my phone not too long ago that said um, a pregnant woman is awaiting asylum at the border. Oh, no. CNN followed her story across the thousand mile caravan trek. Oh, no. So click here to like, no. Follow the pregnant woman's mm-hmm. trial. Her, her little prevails. journey there. How far along is she? I don't know. Isn't that wonderful when pregnant women come here seeking asylum or or just crossing the border illegally? Because then they just give birth here and it's all over. That's great. <laughs> here, here's the wonderful. Head, look at that. Gabriella's quest for safety. Pregnant mom gets her boys through sickness, a trash train, and three thousand miles. So look at that. Oh, look that comes with a map and like a uh, the way they're they're presenting it. They're all heroes. They're they're all heroes. And look, you know, the, maybe they are threatened. I, I don't know. I don't know what they've been through. But here's the thing. Neither does CNN. CNN doesn't know who these people are, what they're doing, where they've been, why they're here. They don't know any of that. And you can't just take everything they say at face value. There are millions of people trying to get into this country every year illegally. 
every single year. And it, it just it has to stop. But it but, never will. But it's Gabriella. As long as you've got this kind of stuff. Pat, it's Gabriella, and she right, rode on a right. trash train. On the trash train. Yeah. And then... By foot. Yep. So she took uh, buses rain, and trains. And, trains. And she's pregnant, dude. Buses, automobiles. So... You know, they should redo that movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, about the caravan people. About Gabriella? Yeah. Okay. The, just the pregnant caravan people. It would be a beautiful movie. Beautiful. I, I can't even read the rest of this because it's so agonizing. Uh, 888-900-3393. Supposedly, we're about to face the most expensive gas season in years. Uh, Pierre Andurand... One of, the, one of oil's most prominent hedge fund managers said the current reluctance of energy companies to invest in new production meant $300 a barrel was not impossible within a few years. Jeez. What happened to all the you know, fracking and all the things that they were doing and all the modernizing? Have they just stopped all of that? He's often uh, has bullish views. Um... But apparently, he's turned on that a little bit. He says, so paradoxically, these peak demand fears might bring the largest supply shock ever. If oil prices don't rise fast enough, $300 a barrel is not impossible. Um, The hedge fund manager runs oil-focused Adirond Capital Management, also went against the conventional view that triple-digit oil prices will dampen demand growth. He said, so no, $100 oil will not kill the economy. And we need 100 plus per barrel oil to encourage enough investments outside of the U.S. His comments on demand echo those of Saudi oil minister Khalid Al-Filah, who earlier this month suggested prices could rise further from their current level, close to $75 a barrel without doing economic damage. We've seen prices significantly significantly higher in the past, twice as much as where we are today. You know, it would be nice if the oil industry, if the if the producers and the distributors of oil would understand that there's there's like a happy medium that they should find in there somewhere. So that they're not at $40 a barrel, but you're not at 100 either. And right now they're making money, the economy's good. It, it hurts a little bit at the gas pump, but hopefully it's not driving anybody out of business. Um, you know, and this is, it's just a good place to be where you're kind of in that sweet zone where everybody's doing okay. You want the oil companies to flourish. I mean, it's, it's a huge part of the economy. And, and, you want, uh, and you want the economy to flourish. But there is a really delicate balance. And if they screw with that, uh, it could get ugly. 888 Spring is in the air, and of course, so is a lot of pollen. And a lot of that ends up inside your house. In fact, the air indoors could be up to 100 times more polluted than the air outside. Because it's all closed in, and it all just comes in, and then it blows around. Especially if you haven't replaced your filters in a while. But, if you go to filterby.com, you can replace those quickly, inexpensively, and easily. It's so convenient. Go to filterby.com. They carry over 600 different filter sizes. So if you've got something unusual that you know they don't carry for whatever reason, they can even custom make one for you. Then everything's shipped free to your home. 
within 24 hours. And it's manufactured right here in the United States of America. All kinds of MERV options, all the way up to hospital grade. And if you set up auto delivery, you'll save 5%. And then you don't have to worry about when it's time to change your filters again because they show up at your door. Save money, save time, and breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter uh, from Banyan Hills Corner Q ten. I'm curious if dropping pallets of money all over the Middle East in the middle of the night would have been considered an impeachable offense during a past administration. Hypothetically, of course. <laughs> uh, from Mike Hermanet, if Hillary is a rule of law person, then Jeffy is the king of morality. <laughs> uh, from BRL Lesper. Uh, Kanye in the Rock Hall of Fame before Foreigner. Hashtag Trigger Pat. <laughs> you know that's going to happen. Uh, Kool-Aid drinker, on April 29th, were you thinking when you put mayo on your ham sandwich instead of mustard? Yeah, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? <laughs> on April 29th, what were you thinking when you put mayo on your ham sandwich instead of mustard? Like a Mueller question for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I... Gosh, it was what day was that? Because I that was just a couple days ago, Pat. I, I what were you thinking? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. At the what, time I was, sir? I probably was thinking I like mayonnaise better than okay. mustard. Right. I I don't know. I, I need to remind you that unlike Hillary, you're under oath. So I, I'll ask I, you again. No, I don't what, remember even taking the oath. But uh, I, yeah, I was thinking I like mayo uh, on my sandwich better th- than mustard. Uh, those were my thoughts at the time. Let the record show <laughs> that Mr. Gray still seems noncommittal. Do uh, you want some more of these uh, uh, hashtag Pat's last words? Uh, sure. Okay, Ryan Peck. Mm. I saw this boat in half. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the doctor might be saying that. I saw this mm. pat in half. Okay, uh, pill down posse. Mm-hmm. I pooped my pants. <laughs> that might be all of our last words. You pooped words. your pants. <laughs> I pooped my pants. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Brent out of shape. These kidneys are agonizing. Those would be hashtag Pat's last words. Mm-hmm. And oh, I saw. Uh, let's see. Michael tweeted out uh, at Pat, uh, hashtag Pat's last words. At two, Jeffy. <laughs> yeah, can yes. see that. Nice. So don't sleep you around. Pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. You pooped I, in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. Had to happen. Uh, somebody brought it up. It had to happen. <laughs> Uh, we want to show you this uh, unbelievably adorable video, uh, just for fun, because we've got Jeffy coming up here in a few minutes, and this is amazing. It's a little league game of three-year-olds, so I imagine it's t-ball, and uh, there's a little guy at third, and his coach tells him, run home as fast as you can, and uh, here's what little three-year-old Lennox Salcedo does when he's told to run home as fast as he can. Look at this. Wow, that is... Uh, he's, he's going in slow motion. This kid is going to be a problem growing up. He is doing the exact... He's going in super He's doing the opposite. Now, I, is he doing that because he thinks slow motion means speed, like on uh, 
The six million dollar man? No. And you got that si- that sound behind him. Probably not a reference he's familiar with. Probably not. But I think he's just a contrarian. And then the poor kid standing there waiting to bat, and he's just like, right here, come on, you need to get right. Here, this kid is slow. It's hysterical. It is. You got to get to theblazetv.com later and watch the very middle of the show. And there he scored. Yeah. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, also, speaking of sports, Tom Brady was interviewed. Is this on uh, a Boston TV station? No, I, think, I don't know. Where is he it's here? ESPN thing last night. Oh, it was? In some yeah. ESPN interview. Yeah, they don't have that video ready. No, they don't? Nope. I know. Sorry. Don't hate me. He is uh, not for that. Asked whether he appreciate whether yeah. he feels appreciated yeah, by we'll the have, Patriots. We'll have that ready during Jeffy's segment. We'll see what Jeffy wants to chime don't in. Be, on with that. Don't be shushing like, me like I shouldn't be talking about this no, now. I'm saying I want to hear what Jeffy don't, don't. has to say because he's such a Patriot apologist. I want to hear him defend these comments because I can't he's, believe that he's not as much anymore now that oh, okay. now that he's not making any money from the Patriots because his son's not getting any money from the Patriots. But do you want to tell? Do you want to tell the good people then? What, no. You want to ruin it for we'll, we'll save it. Because I think what you said during the break about that is yeah. absolutely spot on. I think it's crumbling. Uh, yeah, the, the Patriot way is definitely coming apart. Uh, we'll show you some of the evidence of that coming up in a second. It's pretty amazing. Because this stuff never happened before. Mm-hmm. These guys are always together, always towing the line, always just playing the Bill Belichick game. Yeah, look, uh, we're focused on the next game. I'm focused on the Browns. I'm focused on the Bills. I, I, uh, the only thing I'm thinking about is the Jets on Sunday. I, and that's all they ever say. You know, you never get anything decent out of them. Well, it's changed a little bit. <laughs> it's changed with Gronk, and it's changed with uh, Brady, and uh, with what's-his-face who just left. Um, and when he left, what was his name? Um not Edelman. What position? Edelman didn't. Who? Yeah, Danny Amendola left, and went I think to the Dolphins. But anyway, uh, Gronk tweeted, "Hey, nice job or something. Be free, like you are captive here. Now oh, go be free." I didn't know that. And then Brady tweeted out, "Well put, Gronk," and kind of added an exclamation point to it. It's like, whoa, what? Did not know that happened. And now this. I mean. It seems like it's coming apart the Patriot way. So we'll show you that uh, during the Jeffy segment coming up in a few minutes. Also, I wanted to show you this uh, uh, Kasich, John Kasich, talking to uh, Jake Tapper about GOP support for Trump in the 2020 election uh, and talking about whether or not he's leaving the Republican Party. Take a look at this. But here's what I do believe. You have a uh, department store that's red and a department store that's blue, and neither of them right now are, mm-hmm. are providing products to the great middle. And you know what happens? Then that's how another store opens up in the neighborhood. In other words... Are you going to open up that store? I, I'm still a Republican, and I, I want to pull my... Look, my, I didn't leave the Republican Party. The Republican Party left me. That was the old Arlen Specter line. <laughs> I didn't leave the Republican Party. 
uh, the Republican Party left me. Next question for you, Senator. If we could move on. Senator. Hold on a minute. Still answering the question, I see. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, which, in the case of John Kasich and uh, Arlen Specter, is not true. Both of them have been, I mean, Kasich's basically a Democrat, and Arlen Specter became the same thing. He, he went from the Republican Party to the Democrat side. They're just liberals. So... Later in the con- conversation, he uh, Kasich insinuated that he might run in 2020. Isn't that exciting? Here it is. In my state, we have balanced budget surplus. We're up a half a million jobs. And then people say, well, Kasich's not a conservative. What does that mean? Does that mean right. I have to be anti-immigrant, anti-trade, oh, in favor up. of death? Jeez, I hate that. I mean, what party? Come on home. Come home to where we, mm. we basically live. We're pro-immigrant. We're pro-trade. We're pro-growth. We worry about that. We should care about people from top to bottom, not just those at the top, but everybody. I can bring that party back. That's what I'm going to do in one way or another. What does that mean? What does that mean, being a conservative? Does that mean I'm anti-immigrant? That is exactly what a progressive would say. That is exactly what a Democrat would say. Anti-immigrant. This guy's not a Republican in any way, shape, or form. No, it doesn't mean you're anti-immigrant. It means that you're pro-legal immigration. Doofus. Man, I... John Kasich sucks. Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. He sucks. I didn't leave the Republican Party. The Republican Party left me. All right. Uh, Jeffy's coming up in a second. How do we even define those? It just pisses me off. The Republican Party anymore. You know? I know, that's true. But, but I, I think when he takes a shot at conservatism, exactly like right. That, yep. That's when I come unglued. Mm hmm. What does that mean? You're anti-immigrant, anti-women's choice. Ah, shut up. You're on board, though. John Kasich, 2020, yeah, right? really on board, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, time now for uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeffy. Uh, May 1st, International Workers Day, baby. Fist high. Oh, that's right. May Day. Fist high. It's May Come Day. on, baby. Yeah. It's all for the workers. Power to the people. It's all for the workers. Mm-hmm. I believe in them. Mm-hmm. Oh, do I believe in them? Mm-hmm. Do I believe in him? You know, yesterday we were talking about the uh, the tree that uh, Macaroons and uh, Trump planted at the White House mm-hmm. and how it's been quarantined. Well, here's an example of why you want that quarantine, because now uh, London is uh, worried about the vomit-inducing caterpillars invading London that uh, 
Oh, well, they have this, so they're covered in thousand hairs containing this protein, and the protein is thiumetopoin. So, uh, I think you so, nailed that. I yeah, think that's what I thought. Definitely hey, I, all I know, it causes skin rashes, <laughs> sore throats, breathing difficulties, eye problems, and it was accidentally introduced to Britain uh, on plants imported from continental Europe. Oops, you We just brought them in. Oh, I just brought them in. I'll worry about it. Of course you need to quarantine these things. Yeah, Absolutely. Seriously, we talked about that yesterday. Yes. We've got enough diseases Absolutely, of our own. Absolutely, man. <laughs> we don't need any of that. Nope. And every time, a lot of those things all happen because man thinks that they're smarter than, a little bit smarter than they are mm-hmm. on the Mother Nature thing. Mm-hmm. You know what? We'll bring these particular fish in because they'll eat the algae, but nothing else will kill the fish. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. You screwed up the balance. So, uh, you know, we see and hear all the time uh, parents bad-mouthing the police because they arrested their children and their children were caught doing something bad. Well, finally, a Memphis mom, uh, and it's tough. I don't, you know, it's tough as a parent to do something like this, but she was watching the news uh, Tuesday uh, last week when she saw her son uh, in a surveillance video robbing a couple, and she said, I knew I had to actually recognize him. She just happened to see him on a like a, a, a newscast. News mm. the, the house that he was robbing. He was robbing these three people at a home. They had surveillance video. And he didn't wear a mask or anything? Nope. Bright kid. And uh, she <laughs> was interviewed on the news. She first said this. I love him. That's what you call tough love. Something a lot of more parents need to start doing. I am Better believe it. A- Man, better believe it. And That's then, great. I know. And then she didn't. Uh, she said in this interview, she went on to say that she didn't know where her son got the gun, and she also thanked the lady in the in the full footage. The lady comes out of the house after he starts running away and shoots a gun in the air at him, and then he fires back a couple of times. Wow! And she thanked the lady uh, that was being robbed for not shooting her son on the spot, mm. and then had this to say: Wow, I am sorry. Mm. That your visit to Memphis, Tennessee had to be like that because of my disobedient, disrespectful child. My gosh. A. You compare this to the grandfather uh, a few weeks ago who was whining when his teenage grandson broke into somebody's house, was rummaging through it, and got shot, and so did his compatriot. And then he's whining about the fact that uh, you didn't have to shoot him. Yeah, he only had a knife. <laughs> right. He only had a knife. You could have used something else. You didn't have to use an AR-15. That's not fair. Was it fair that your stupid-ass grandson broke into his house <laughs> with a you. knife? Was that fair? <laughs> no, no. That's not fair. So anyway, no. this mom. Amen. This mom. Mother of the year. I, that is awesome. I know. That's great. I know. And listen, I know you're sad. I meant to bring this up yesterday, and I'm sorry, because it happened over the weekend, and I know you've been troubled by it. Uh-huh. And look, I feel just as bad as you, and I know you probably don't want to talk about it, but, you know, rest in peace, Larry Hiver, uh, you know, the founder of uh, the founder of Burning Man, passed away. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I know you. Really? We lost you usually, him. We lost him. I know you usually head out to Black Rock uh, for Burning Man. <laughs> I never miss and, Burning uh, Man. I know. Never miss it. I know. This year's going to be special. End of <laughs> August out there at Black Rock, they celebrate the, the life. Mm-hmm. Larry Hiver <clears> should be founder. a special, yeah, yeah, should be the special Burning Man. A lot of year. tears so, will be shed there. You know, That's great. I know. I'm sorry I brought it up for you. Yeah, I know you usually. Painful. I know. I'm sorry. 
Would you? That place is. I really want to go to that once. Actually, I bet you I've do. never been, and it would be fun. Mm. It would be fun, mm. mm-hmm. or something. You know, but I have other things to do. Like you know yeah. me, surf. Uh-huh. I mean, the nothing says uh, surfing like me. I mean, you get me out there, and they. Really? I missed. I was very bummed this weekend. I was busy. I was going to go to the World Surf League's 2018 Big Wave Awards in Hawaii, but uh, I didn't make it. Did you see you the know, video so of the guy who won the This is it. Wave? Here we go. The 80-footer. Take this a look cool. at it. It's amazing, right? 80, 80 foot 80 wave. foot. This is amazing. And and there's the guy riding. Now, this it. is in Portugal. That's the awards were in Hawaii that I mentioned, but this is in Portugal. It's absolutely tremendous. An 80-foot 80 80 foot wave. wave. And, and you see the it. you see the uh, uh, you know the wave runner up top because when they where they where they surf here those wave runners pull those surfers up to the top of the giant waves oh. and uh, the high the high one then they let go of the rope when they get to the top okay and uh, I mean I don't have to tell you this you've surfed with me before sure. and uh, the uh, they were coming down and uh, he was saying that the night before he dreamt that uh, just go straight down just go straight down he was dreaming he didn't know what what that meant. Really? And he said that when he let go of the rope and they, he saw that it was such a huge wave, he didn't realize that it was the record setter. Yeah. But it was such a huge wave that he started to go underneath and he started to grab the rails and he was like, no, no, go straight down, go straight down. He rode it all the way. Ah, that that's was, great. So the dream gave him the... So did he, that's cool. the did surfer he go down under, to under that uh, when the wash started cascading? No. Down? He kept going? Yeah, yeah. 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 all you the way. You see him kind of scoot that's out he, he, right. he said wow. he started to fall. He started to go to the rail. And then he remembered that he had dreamt straight down, straight down. And he just and he continued did. to go straight down and rode it all the way. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Cool. Pretty fascinating. That's cool. I know. Really nice. Um, word to Steve King, uh, Congressman. Steve King. By the way, uh, at those same awards, they gave the award to the wipeout of the year. Uh, the wipeout of the year award winner couldn't be present because he's got like a broken neck or something. Oh man! I mean, I believe geez, that. Jeez, I believe that. Yeah. It's tough. He broke a vertebrae. Listen, it's oh, not easy. Hey, but yeah, look, I, I do it for the exercise and the fun. <laughs> but I mean, it's you know, it's not as easy as it looks. That, right? That that he uh-huh. makes it look easy. He does coming yeah. down the eighty yeah. footer, but but it can be dangerous. It can be. Yeah, it can be, and it's mm-hmm. you know. I, well, you're a. You're an adventure seeker. You know, tell we us about the you know biggest me. wave you've caught. You know, tell us about your your best experience. Well, I never uh, I never made it to to Portugal. Mm-hmm. I usually just go out on the Pacific, uh, on Hawaii, and Vine hit Lake. those, mm-hmm. hit those. You know, <laughs> just usually go out on the Gulf. I lived in Gulf of Mexico, and uh, yeah. you know, catch the brown wave when uh, two foot two foot swells. Actually, and when there's a hurricane in the Gulf. Uh, you actually do get some four or five footers. Yeah, you do. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, That's do. about it uh, coming into Tampa Bay. And uh-huh. I mean, go ahead. You try to ride those. Nope. Go ahead. Okay. That's what I thought. Jeff. That's what I thought. Congressman Stephen King. Uh, and you got to love him. Uh, he's just a, a government official at work. Um, he uh, He says airport travelers don't have enough options when it comes to getting their news. And CNN has too much control. And so he submitted an amendment to the FAA Reauthorization Act of 2018. He says it would allow for greater broadcast choice to the nation's travelers. I agree um, with that. You would? Yeah. Uh, maybe L- the airports can work s- their own deal. Let them turn it to Fox News if they want. Wait. These but are the pri- airport, well, right, the private industry, the airports have made the deal yeah. with the, the cable companies. The, I think it's, it was the government who made the deal with CNN, isn't it? 
Mm. Oh, I think these are. I don't. Or know is it that. every airline, every every airport made that deal? With how, how does that happen? I don't know because there are some airports that don't have it. I've never mm-hmm. been in one that don't have CNN. Yeah. Some of the smaller airports, for sure, and they even mentioned where in where uh, King is from, uh, the uh, doesn't have Iowa, one. Iowa, Sioux right? City, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that their airport doesn't have it, have mm-hmm. that deal. I don't think I the thought it was. I, don't I think thought that involved. was a private deal. Yeah, okay. Well, if it's a private deal, it's a different matter. Yeah. But you're right. If it's if the government made the deal, mm-hmm. then you're right. He's then open it back. Absolutely, up. stop yeah. it. Yeah. Stop doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now you made me think I want to agree with them. Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. If that's true, <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Nah, it looks like they get a fee from airport or airports receive a fee from CNN to broadcast the channel. I don't see in this article, at least, where the government's involved at all. Oh yeah, so go ahead and shush Pat again. <laughs> okay, shush him down. <laughs> that over with. <laughs> HUD Secretary Ben Carson. Uh, I I can't take this guy. All right, he's way doing going way out on a limb here. I, I you know I can't believe that he's actually going to do this to hurt people like this, but he's set forth a new proposal intended to make public housing recipients more self-sufficient. No. I know. I know. I know. The plan would increase rental rates for some public housing residents. Uh, uh, No. Uh, He said, the way we calculate the level of assistance to our families is archaic and has a perverse consequences like discouraging these residents from earning more income. It's clear from a budget perspective and from a human standpoint that this is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Does he even know what he's talking about? No. So I mean, what he wants to, all people just to die mm-hmm. and not That's what he wants. not survive. Well, he's a conservative. He wants uh, I mean, children this... to, to to die and oh, yeah. and old people right. to starve. Right Thank you. That's what he wants. So thank you. So remember last year? And I, you, have you seen? I I can't remember where I saw this. I've been trying to think, but I was channel surfing and and I maybe I was Netflix surfing, but I came across. A movie about him. Have, have you seen? Or, yeah, uh huh. Hmm. It's about his time when in the eighties, uh, when he separated the twins. Okay, it was big, and he did some right. other uh, incredible kind of brain. Sure, surgery. yeah, he was big oh, time. Cool. It was a it was a little girl. That one of the first things he did, I think, was uh, that he became famous for was there was a, a little girl who couldn't stop. I mean, she like had hundreds of seizures a day, and they couldn't stop it. And he's like, well. I, I think I can in. stop this. If if I go in and she's young enough, I can remove the portion of her brain that is causing that because the two port sides of the brain are battling. Right. If I take out one of the portions, you'll have a peaceful wow. brain area. Uh, what a tough decision did. that would make as a yeah. parent. I mean, can you, you want for you, the parent to say, you're going to take out half my child's brain? You want to relieve the pain for your child, but you're going you're gonna to do what did, to do it? And it worked, and she was healthy after that. Amazing. No kidding. Yeah. I can't remember that's, where I saw that. Maybe somebody fantastic. Tell me. Uh, maybe somebody who's seen that. But it's, yeah, it's a, it's a movie or a series and, or something. And that's the type ben of Carson. thing that gets you to think that he thinks he knows everything, like what he's doing there right? with the Right. And then stuff. you remember, no, no he's evil. No, Because yeah, he's conservative. He's evil. Thank so, you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Put you right back in your place. Right. So a uh, few, uh, last year there was uh, the three guys that uh, got caught. Uh, they sent the video of them dragging a shark to death. Uh, you remember the shark dragging video? Oh, yeah. There's a clip of it that you'll look if you're those of you watching on Blaze TV. These guys tied a rope to the tail of this shark and just pulled it on oh, the back of this stop. back of this boat. And there's, mm-hmm. they sent pictures to the shark guy and he, the main shark guy. In this is off the west coast of Florida, 
and uh, he really uncool. He very mm-hmm. uncool. And they also showed a, a finished picture after they were done, and the shark was just torn up and ripped, and I mean, they're, they're laughing about it almost being dead here. And so there was a court hearing scheduled today because the three men were accused. Uh, I mean, they've been they've been accused of uh, two felony counts of aggravated animal cruelty, uh, misdemeanor count of illegal method to take a shark, second degree misdemeanor, uh, and uh, one man, Spencer. Uh, two felony counts of aggravated animal cruelty. Now he how funny do they today, think it is now? Yeah, I know. Are well, they laughing now? Well, it's funny you say that because uh, they went to court today. As a matter of fact, and one of them, the the Heinz guy, uh, Spencer, twenty three of Palmetto, Florida, uh, who faced two felony counts of aggravated animal cruelty, he got the charges uh, dropped today. Uh, from Why the, from the court? No reason. Does not say. Said uh, previously he pled not guilty to the two counts, and according to local news outlets, uh, they were dropped during the disposition hearing today. The other two are still uh, still up for trial. So it's really mm-hmm. strange to me because I was all ready to say that they were going to court today, and, and really all three of them were, mm-hmm. you know, looking to do some time at least, or maybe at least pay some big money and be on probation for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, then right off the bat, the news story comes up that the one gets his charges dropped. So strange. Yeah, it is. I mean, that, that is not funny. Not really at all. Really, it's not. Come on. No, you're disturbed when Come you on. do that to an animal. Yes. Come on. That, that's, obviously, I mean, even all the, even all the shark people uh, were all upset. And they, they, anyway, they got to go to court, right? Because mm-hmm. in China, when you start hurting animals, uh, there's no court. You know what they do? Uh, they, they just uh, they, 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 they take care of the animal. You know, there was a big story in the zoo, the one uh, zoo in China, where people were pelting rocks at kangaroos to get them to jump. Mm. And they've killed a couple, and uh, so now they've. There's usually cameras on the kangaroos, but the the Chinese zoo said, "No, oh, yeah, you know, look, kangaroos tend to rest most of the day, uh, with only a window of a few hours where they're active. So visitors have been on a cage, throw some objects at them to try to wake them up and get them to move around. I'll worry about <laughs> they're it. They're okay with it. Look, look, oh look, man, look. Well, here's what we're gonna do. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're not going to try to move, remove the rocks or put a f- different fence up or anything. What we're going to do is we're only, only going to let three kangaroos at a time out for public viewing. So there'll be less kangaroos for you to look at. So, so you can only kill three yeah, at a time. You can only throw rocks at three. All right. Yeah, so a little bit of difference between mm-hmm. the U.S. and China. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> Another mm-hmm. great uh, wildlife shot, though. This guy off the coast uh, in Madeira Beach, my old stopping grounds, um, Hubbard's Marina on Madeira Beach, uh, took a picture of an osprey who had picked up a fish. And uh, he didn't realize it when it went up close. <laughs> it was so cool mm. that it was prey, getting prey, getting prey. I love it. The osprey picked up the shark, and the shark had a fish in his mouth. When you look <laughs> wow. at it up look close, it's thing. really cool. So cool. Uh, now, I don't know that the osprey actually eats the shark, so maybe he dropped it and went back in. I'm not sure that the you know after the osprey went, ooh, you're a shark. We'll talk to you later. Mm. Uh, Might have dropped him back in. But uh, that particular shot, that's a you know, one-in-a-million shot right there. Yeah, that's really cool. cool the prey with yeah. the prey. Really yep. cool. I know. Are we talking Tom Brady? Yeah. I keep waiting for yeah. the video on Tom. I'm, uh, I know you've been shushed. I don't want to shush you anymore. I, I, about I know. I think it's ready now. Here's what, uh, here's what he said. The, on you're, you're talking about the the Patriots, mm-hmm. who you believe are, uh, mm-hmm. what, coming apart at the seams? I or? think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tell me. Uh, take a look at this. Do you feel appreciated by them, and do they have the appropriate gratitude for what you have achieved? Oh, come on. I plead the fifth. <laughs> They're never... Nobody... <laughs> Look, I, I... Man, that is a tough question. No, yeah, it's not. I mean, 
No, it's not. They pre- you know, they, well, your, wife, your wife seems to indicate. Yeah. I think everybody in general wants to be appreciated more at work. Thank you. But, no, Tom, that's not a tough question at all. And you plead the fifth? That's him. That's his own. He makes over $20 million ego. a year, yes, by the that's way. that's his own ego. Yeah, but that's, that's way under market value for him. That's way under. If he wasn't with the Patriots, he'd probably be making 30 or 35 okay, million. Okay, well, I, that's his contract with the Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. So how much money does he make on top of that with endorsements? Well, I don't know, but I the mean, endorsements don't have anything to do with his relationship with the Patriots. They don't have anything to do that. with that. That's a separate and, deal. And he pretty much he pretty much runs that place. I mean, him and him and Belichick are are the kings of that place. And that what that may well be, but he obviously clearly doesn't feel appreciated by the Patriots. And perhaps he wants you know, and, he wants a new deal. And heretofore, I don't believe he would have ever pled the fifth to that. He would have said, of course, if, yeah, I feel, it's, yes. Right? Because that's the Patriot way. It is the Patriot way. You play along. You do play along. I <laughs> will say that. You go along to get and, along. And Belichick is, Belichick is very famous for, uh, you know, I mean, he told them all, I, you know, my, my son witnessed Belichick telling them all, if you got time to uh, tweet or Facebook, you've got time to study the playbook. Right. Uh, nobody tweets, nobody Facebooks, yeah. nobody says anything funny or bad. Mm-hmm. You don't, that's not, we don't do that here. Yeah. Uh, you got time to you think to yourself, oh, you know, maybe I'll look at Twitter, study the playbook. Nobody rocks the boat, right? With the New England Patriots, right? That's true. Now the boat is starting to rock. That's true. Well, I'll give you that a little bit, <laughs> yeah. but you know, maybe he wants a new deal. You know, who knows? I I don't know. Tom's pretty been mm-hmm. a pretty company man for quite some time. Yes, he has. Um, yeah. And maybe know, he's tired of it now. Maybe he is, or maybe he's uh, you know playing like, uh, hey, give me a, give me a percentage of the team. Maybe he's looking for a new deal for a lifetime. You deserves know, craft, it. He sure does. Craft should five give Super Bowl. Absolutely. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh let me tell you about Bombshot Lip Balm. This is uh, a company that uh Wayne started after being really discouraged with the products that were available to him before for uh, for lip balm. And he'd wind up with a gooey mess because of the inferiority of the product and the have. inferiority of the case. So he came up with this uh Bombshot Lip Balm, and it's in this Really cool uh, shotgun shell form, so cool. and it stays together, and it's not going to be, become a gooey mess in your pocket at the end of the day. He uh, decided to do this when he couldn't find anything that was really satisfactory for him, so he took it into his own hands and, and developed this product, and now it's in over 3,000 stores nationwide. It's 100% American-made. Everything's done right there in Boise, Idaho. And right now, they have a really special offer for Blaze listeners only. Go to BalmShot.com, use the promo code PAT, and when you buy their six-pack, six different varieties of BalmShot, you'll get a, an extra tube of BalmShot for free. So you buy six, you get seven, plus they ship it for free. That's BalmShot.com, promo code PAT, B-A-L-M-S-H-O-T.com, BalmShot.com. Pat Gray. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray unleashed, and at Pat unleashed on Twitter, Christopher Quinn says, "I haven't heard it mentioned. Am I the only one that caught 
what she said at the dinner. The comedian, I guess, he's talking about here. Oh, um, yeah. Michelle Wolf. Yeah. You got to get that baby out of there. May I... I didn't see uh, that part of it. Uh, she didn't say fetus or unborn child. They know it's a baby, but don't care. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Abortion equals genocide. Yes, all those things are true. Uh, Coast 719. No one wanted John Kasich in 2016. Nobody wants him in 2020. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, from Kevin. I just hope they aren't using flex glue in the flex seal family <laughs> of products to seal you up. <laughs> Me too. Because oh. uh, there'll be some leaks. <laughs> uh, and I don't, I really don't want that. Uh, spunky trunker, trucker, Pat's last words. BYU football will be national champs. Well, they've been in the past. Why wouldn't they be in the future? They're going to be. Uh, and it could be this year. We'll see. Uh, from Muffer Squish. Hold on. Is that an underwear bet? Are we gonna be no, concerned? that is not an underwear bet. No. <laughs> Muffer Squish. Uh, what do you mean you can't stop the leakages? Pat's last words. All right. They still keep them coming. How is BYU going to be this year, though? Do you have any idea? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, after last year's 4 and 9, I was pretty disgusted, and now they've got me thinking, okay. Wait a minute. Maybe they turn this around Time again. Time out because you also mm-hmm. felt really good going into last oh, year. Oh, I did. So careful. I know. Don't be a Falcons fan. I know. <laughs> uh, my sons are always saying, eh, Dad, we've been down this road so many times. I know. I know. But this is a year, maybe. <laughs> this is a year, maybe? This is the, oh, the year. This is the year? The year. Write it down. Maybe. Maybe. This maybe. This is the year. Well, they got a new, they've got a new offensive coordinator from LSU, right? And uh, he he's, seems really good, really no-nonsense, and I think he's demanding a lot more of these guys. And, and I think last year they just got too lax. I don't know why, but according to all reports, they were, and they played like they were, so... I don't know how that happened, but it did. Who's your quarterback this year? Don't know yet. Hmm. It's a quarterback battle going on between a freshman, couple of sophomores, and uh, Tanner Mangum, the uh, injured senior. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Is yeah. One of those guys is still around. Yep, he is. Okay. Uh, but he's coming off of uh, Achilles tendon tear. And so. He's the guy that beat Nebraska on that Hail Mary, right? Yep. Don't Indeed. like him. Indeed. I know you don't. <laughs> Pat Gray, only. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. What is this weird breaking news about Trump's ex-doctor saying his office was raided for medical files? Was it raided by Mueller? Is it raided by the... Who, who raided him? Yeah, in February 2017, and it says a top White House aide who was Trump's longtime personal bodyguard, along with the top lawyer at the Trump organization and a third man, showed up at the office of Trump's New York doctor without notice and took Wait, all so the- this is Trump's bodyguard? Yeah. This is tr- these are Trump's people. Going to Trump's doctor. And raiding his office. Yeah, and telling him to take a picture of Trump and this doctor off of his uh, waiting room wall. Um, Weird. They, yeah, it, he said they were there for about a half an hour. He was frightened. Um, I, I don't know. It was, Why is this just coming out now? That's what happened? I'm trying to figure out. It happened in November? No, Fe- February 2017. Oh. So over, so a, over year a year ago. ago. 
And um, so Bornstein uh, said the uh, original and only copy of Trump's charts, including lab reports under Trump's name, as well as under the pseudonyms he, he had used uh, for Trump, were taken. Hmm. What is Have that? something to hide? About? or That's strange. Very weird. Uh, boy, I, I don't... Crazy looking doctor, too. Oh, yeah, he's a... <laughs> He's an interesting-looking cat there. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, but Trump surrounds himself with interesting cats. And, and he's definitely uh, an interesting-looking cat. So, so okay, so this doctor said that Trump cut ties with him after he told the New York Times that Trump takes Propecia, a drug for enlarged prostates that is often prescribed to stimulate hair growth in men. Yeah, Propecia is just, it's like a, right? It, yeah. yeah, it's a hair loss thing. Okay, well, apparently when they showed up, they said, you want to be the White House doctor? Forget about it now. Wow. Wow. He had been his doctor for more than 35 years. You cross Trump, man. You oh, say anything. Boy. Ooh, the loyalty. Yeah. Remember when we heard all during the campaign, loyalty, uh, he's so loyal. Uh, ask uh, Anyone? Michael Cohen about that. <laughs> Ask this doctor ah. about that. I mean, that's tacky that he would even mention that. This doctor would, would even say that it, about it, Trump. It is. Yeah, that, it is. That I may, maybe that's a HIPAA but, violation. Who knows? But it doesn't take, I mean, Propecia, big deal. Right. So what? I'm just saying. But still, he is sensitive about stuff. Very much. And, uh, and if you're going to be given divulging information that people don't need to know, then yeah, you're not going to be his doctor. And apparently uh, that's what happened. But then he sent his bodyguard and lawyer there to ransack the stuff and take his records. Can you even do that? Is that legal? I don't see how I, that I is. I don't think that would be legal. And like, I still, like, like you said, I'm trying to figure out why this news is breaking today. Very strange. Uh, I, th- I think he just brought it up now, hmm. as far as I know. I just, it's a, there's never a dull moment with this president. I will say that. There is never a dull moment. You never have to think, wow, there's just nothing going on with this guy. <laughs> there's always something going on with him. Uh, in Malaysia, <clears throat> they've had their first fake news conviction. So that's wonderful. A Danish national has become the first person to be convicted under Malaysia's new anti-fake news law. I love anti-fake news laws. I, I think it's going to work out really well. Because who determines that? Hopefully the government, right? Hopefully the government government determines what's fake news and what isn't. And then, you know, they can tell all the news organizations what they can print and what they can't. I, th- I see that as going really, really well. Salah, Salem, Salah, Suleiman. Mm. Too many names, man. Just, just Maybe flows. that's your first problem. Too yeah. many names. You got to pick one. Uh, yeah, or two. Yeah, how about Salah, Suleiman? It's plenty, right? Yeah. How many Salah, Suleimans are there? That's a good alliteration there. Uh, he's 46, and he pleaded guilty to maliciously publishing fake news in the form of a YouTube video on the recent shooting of Fadi al-Bach, an alleged member of a militant Palestinian group, Hamas, in Kuala Lumpur. He was sentenced to a week in jail and fined $3,378, but he couldn't pay the fine, so he's getting a month in jail. The cyber court where the case was heard played the video in which he claimed he was with the victim when he was shot. He said in the video he had made countless calls to the police who only arrived at the scene 50 minutes later while an ambulance came an hour later. Now, is that something you should spend time in jail for? (laughs) 
I don't know. If this starts sweeping the world, and it seems to be, that could become quite a problem uh, for disseminating news. Also, liberals are all giddy. They're all jitty. Oh, they're jitty now. <laughs> liberals are all jitty with the news that the NRA is banning guns at their event. Uh, it's not quite that simple. So the NRA is coming to uh, Dallas for their convention, uh-huh, and they're holding it about a mile from here, right, in Irving, Texas. And they're all excited because oh, they've banned guns. They banned guns at the NRA convention. The NRA banned guns at their convention. Yeah, that's how hypocritical the NRA is. Oh. We've been telling you they're evil. Here's proof that they're evil. They don't even like guns. <laughs> so why are they banning guns? At, are they banning guns? E- e- no. The NRA isn't. The United States Secret Service is. Why? Because both the president and the vice president of the United States are going to be there. So, because the Secret Service doesn't allow weapons at an event where the president and vice president are going to be speaking, what are they supposed to do? (laughs) So ridiculous. Seriously. And I saw, I don't know, some of the kids, was it Emma Gonzalez or I don't know, one of them tweeting about the NR. Here's how hypocritical they are. They're banning guns at their convention. They're banning guns at their big event in Dallas. No. No, they're not. Read the story. Don't just read the headline. Assume you know oh, yeah. everything it says. Here it is right there. Oh. Uh, Parkland survivors mock the NRA for banning guns during Pence's speech. I mean, they don't. That's so stupid. People are so disingenuous. They don't take two seconds to read yeah. the story and know the details. Like you're going to allow guns at a place where the vice president of the United States and the president of the United States, by the way, are both going to be speaking. Speaking of which. That means Donald Trump is in town. Uh-huh. Uh, when is he on the show, Keith? Obviously, you've been working on this. You knew that this was coming. Uh, we've, we've had the information for quite some time. So Donald Trump will be on the show what time on Friday? Um, or will it be Thursdays? He gets here a little early and he'll come in on Thursday. Uh, we're, we're, um, we're efforting. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, oh, you're efforting. we're, we're chasing it. We'll, we'll be sure to... So isn't that what a producer does? Yeah. He gets... Good guests for the show. Does like, he? I don't know, the president of the United States when he's in town. Yeah. And surely you've you've been able to secure that. Yeah, I mean... Efforting I've, doesn't sound like you've taken care of it. I mean, it's in the works-ish. You know, it's... <laughs> it's in the works-ish. Yeah, I'll get back to you. Well, okay. I'll let you know. How about right. this? I'll come to you when we have details on this <clears throat> to share. So that'll be later today because, I mean, we'd need this. Well, you got the, you got the hospital thing going on. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't worry about me. You need to be preparing for, for <laughs> surgery and you don't need something else on your mind. Yeah. And for my last words. Yeah. Oh, what? Which are, do, we, do we have more last <laughs> we words? We got some more last words. Hashtag Pat's last words. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori D. First Judas Goat uh, says, uh, why was traffic problems email sent? So. Why was traffic problems email sent? It's a good question that's never been answered. Don't put that away because uh, hashtag Pat's last words, mm-hmm. resist we much. Resist we much 
and we will much about that be committed. Committed. Thank you. I forgot what the last word was. Oh. I could not remember the last word. <laughs> hold on. Here's another one. Hashtag Pat's last words. Why, yes, Jeffy, I'll hold the ladder for you. Boy, that would definitely be <laughs> your last words. Don't want to be underneath that ladder. Uh, Nicole, hashtag Pat's last words in a Hillary voice. At this point, what difference does it make? <laughs> uh, let's see. Anymore? That's when she gets into that screechy voice. Yeah. At this point, what difference does it make? <laughs> we have a right to be prejudiced about this part of any administration. Okay, Pat, we're going under here. Here's the uh-huh. gas mask. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, hold on. One more. Hashtag Pat's last words uh, from Rocky from Banyan Hill. Um, I didn't leave the kidney stone. The kidney stone left me. <laughs> Nice. We can only hope, right? I hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope. Get him out. Bill Gates is warning 30 million people could die from a flu pandemic if we don't get it together. Mm. Which he's probably hoping for because he's right. the guy who claims there's too many people on this planet. He's a population control guy. Yeah, so what? why does he care? Uh, Bill Gates thinks there's a new flu epidemic lurking just around the corner, and we're woefully unprepared for it. He warned uh, last Friday that there is a significant probability of a large and lethal modern-day pandemic occurring in our lifetime. I mean, <clears throat> guy's not a doctor. Does he? Is he aware that he he runs a like a software company? <laughs> Why don't you just is, pay attention to Microsoft? Yeah, this is interesting. While speaking at the Massachusetts Medical Society and the New England Journal of Medicine. Again, why do you have Bill Gates doing that? Gates started ringing the alarm bells about a potential new flu that could wipe out as many as 33 million people worldwide in a matter of six months. The next epidemic could originate on the computer screen of a terrorist intent on using genetic engineering to create a synthetic version of a smallpox virus or a super contagious and deadly strain of the flu, he warned. Despite Gates' uh, continuous hammering home of the possibility of biological threats wiping out large chunks of the world's population, his message has largely fallen on deaf ears. Uh, Maybe that's because, I don't know, he's not an epidemiologist he's not a doctor why would we listen to bill gates on that he said the world needs to be needs to prepare for pandemics in the same serious way it prepare it prepares for war hmm. um again you know maybe you should go back to stealing technology from xerox and uh, worry about that i don't know <laughs> maybe i'm just a pessimist but oh look at that scary map at the blaze tv see it shows how the flu spreads and, oh there it is yeah so um yeah wow i guess the place to be will be northern africa or australia uh he's a business guy how how's he gonna make money off of this maybe i'm just am i just uh i, I don't know negative nelly over here but uh-huh. it just seems like uh i don't know I'm trying to figure out what's in it for him other than, you know, makes him feel good because he likes giving money and yeah, stuff I, to causes. I, he's I, He talks about this kind of stuff, and but he also advocates for population control of some yep. kind. And how are you going to control the population if, if you don't kill off a bunch of people with a pandemic? Yeah, and it almost seems know. like he would just lay low on this uh-huh. one and be like, you know what? Yeah. I should warn people, but not going to because I kind of want it to happen. Very strange. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You know, uh, I target... Pro has revolutionized home firearm training because 
first of all, there wasn't a lot of home firearm training going on since, you know, you don't want to fire your ar- firearm in your home, uh, at least before iTarget Pro. Now you can do that because it utilizes your smartphone, their app, and a laser in place of the bullet. And then you just aim at the target and shoot, and the laser tells you where you hit the target. Really cool. So you can practice home defense in your home. You can test out different angles. You can maximize your tactical advantage, and you can do it with your own gun. I mean, this is fantastic. And right now, you can save 10% with the promo with the offer code PAT when you purchase the iTarget Pro system. Uh, save money. Save time. You know, the money you save in not buying ammo, it's got to be huge. I don't know which is better. The the money you save from not going to the range or the fact that you can do this in the comfort of your own home and teach really your cool. kids. Yeah, that's really teach great. Teach your kids without expending all of these bullets, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, safely and in, inexpensively, save money, save time, take your skill to the next level and your family's skill to the next level. It's the letter I, then TargetPro.com, offer code PAT. ITargetPro.com. You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here. Stop some great stuff to tell you about. Um, this is going to shock your sensibilities. Uh-oh. This is going to... I mean, you are... I hope you don't just vomit when you hear it. Uh, you want to run this by me maybe in the break? I mean, it sounds like you're setting the audience up to be... Philadelphia Ill. Phillies broadcaster. Okay. And Hall of Fame baseball player. Which you should be stripped of all of that. Take him out of the Hall of Fame. Get him out of the broadcast booth. After you hear... What this man said during the broadcast of a baseball game. Oh, no. You're going to be sick at your stomach. Who are we talking about? I'm a little... Sick to your stomach. Okay. Listen to this. Okay. Broadcast is going on, and uh, they're talking about uh, a little exchange between the partners in the booth. Um, and they're talking about something that happened to somebody, and so then the conversation starts out. They say that when you do that, when you when you do that, you're going to do it another time. If you pop your shoulder, it's going to keep on popping out. And I guess okay. if you don't do the dishes, it doesn't matter. You're just never going to do the dishes. That came up because of a tweet of one of the players' wives, who says, "Yeah, he popped his shoulder out, mm-hmm. and then he popped it back in, and he looked real tough, but he still doesn't do the dishes." The Braves pitcher. Yeah, okay. I know that. <laughs> so, so that was the comment. Okay, I got a dishwasher at home myself. <laughs> That's Mike Schmidt. You don't think he has one, Brandon? <laughs> my wife. <laughs> no. Oh. oh my gosh! Did you hear what he said? I've got a dishwasher at home myself. Yeah. Followed it up with my wife. <laughs> wow. Do they you have a- despicable piece of crap. Is the death penalty a thing in Pennsylvania? How dare you? I hope so. Right? Because it applies here. Mm-hmm. You despicable piece of trash. How could you say something like that? But it 
kept going. Donna, <laughs> Donna is not, not going to be happy about Oh, laugh it up, clowns. <laughs> <laughs> laugh it up. Quite, quite, While you can. Quite actually. Oh, that was bad, huh? Uh, actually, I do the dishes. That a boy. That a boy. Most of the time. Christine. Okay, now he's backtracking because he realized uh-huh. he pissed off some woman in the booth or whatever. Some producer that's there <laughs> looked over at him like, oh, how dare you? Some millennial got all pissed off about it. He's like, I'm kidding. Okay, it's obviously a, and please, obviously a joke. You know, statesman oh, oh, not happy about that. <laughs> Something that sounds was, fishy uh, about that, yeah, too. Yeah, it does. Me too movement. Where does that fit in? One-two pitch. <laughs> Ground ball towards shortstop Swanson. It's a second for one over the first. They won't turn the double play. Well, I is trying to be funny, and uh, <laughs> that's really not the case. So now he realizes, okay, made this off-handed little joke about his wife being the dishwasher at home. Then he says, no, I actually do the dishes a lot. I'm just trying to be funny. That's really not the case. She doesn't, you know, I, I, I know better than that. Is that not... Really, do we have to drag this guy outside and beat him with clubs now because of it? Take away his livelihood now because of it? Kick him out of the baseball hall of fame because of it? I love this. Uh, People actually called for his removal from the broadcast come booth on. on a permanent basis because Stop. he said that. Can you believe this? I'm I'm tired of just the editorializing and, and headlines on supposed conservative uh, websites. Said Hall of Fame baseball player Mike Schmidt under fire for <clears throat> inappropriate Me Too remarks during game. I'll decide Shut if they're up. inappropriate. Right. Just say comments made during the game. Thank you. Good grief. And really. There's nothing inappropriate about it. You knew he was kidding from the second he said it. And then he told you he was kidding afterwards. Told you he does the dishes most of the time. I swear. No sense of humor ever, anywhere. Now, what about past controversy involving Mike Schmidt? Oh, no. Yeah, this isn't the only thing he has said, Keith. Okay. Really? So maybe we could let this slide, but probably not. But when you couple it with last year... He said that teams couldn't build around certain players who didn't speak English. What? <laughs> Here's what he said. Uh, so he's asked, uh, hey, can Mike, in, in your opinion, can, can you build around a player like uh, uh, Odubel Herrera, who's Venezuelan and sp- speaks Spanish? He said, my honest answer to that would be no because of a couple of things. Um, first of all, obviously there's a language barrier because of that. I think he can't be a guy that would sort of sit in a circle with four or five American players and talk about the game or try to learn about the game or discuss the inner workings of the game or come over to a guy and say, man, you got to run that ball out. You just can't because of the language barrier be that kind of player. Schmidt later was forced to apologize to Herrera. Yeah. Uh, does that That's common sense. not make sense to anybody? If yeah. you can't communicate with the English speakers in your clubhouse, you can't be the guy to do all those things. May I tell you? What the heck is wrong with The us? brave center fielder, one of my favorite braves of all time, Ender Enciarte. He's from Venezuela. He plays center field. And I was actually, ironically, just reading a couple weeks ago of how much of a mentor he is to so many of these young kids coming up on the Braves team. And guess Mm -hmm. what? 
Ender speaks very clear English. And I never even thought of that. That's a great point that Mike Schmidt makes. It is. It's it not. Is. It's, he's not saying anything about the fact that he's from Venezuela. He's nope. not saying anything other than he cannot communicate with his coworkers. Which it's you like, can't when there's, I don't know, a language barrier. A language barrier. It could be Portuguese it's one player and Chinese the other language spoken. It's like when I go to a store, if the person I'm dealing with behind the counter can't speak the language that I'm speaking... There's a language barrier. Regardless of what language you're not going to hit it off, probably. We can't do business. We cannot. I cannot learn from this person if we can't speak the same language. Take English out of this conversation. It's the fact that it's a different language. We have to stop the stinking insanity on this. Oh boy, we got to get a grip on ourselves. If if you can't just be honest and state an obvious fact of life. That a, a guy who speaks Spanish only can't communicate with a bunch of players on the team who speak English only. Is that going to be the guy that leads your clubhouse? No. Uh, is that discriminatory? No. However, here's what happened. This is what's happened and why it's happened. The left has made it a racist thing to talk about English being spoken by people who immigrate here. They don't want that to happen because they always want these people under their thumb. As long as they don't speak English, and this is especially true of non-baseball players who are making millions of dollars, um, it's, so it's a little bit different deal. They're not going to lead the clubhouse. But the people who can't speak English are not going to be leaders in your community. Why? Because 80 or 85 or 90% of the people you need to deal with speak English only. So where are they going to go in their career? If you can't speak English at all, where are you going to go in your career that pays you a lot of money? They don't want these people making a lot of money. And so they've made it a racist thing to say, hey, look, it's good for them and it's good for us if they speak English. Oh, how dare you? Oh, how can you say that? Oh, what a racist you are. Because I think it would be good for them to speak English. What kind of buffoon are you? Of course, it would be good for them to speak English. Be good for them. It's good for us. It's good for everybody. But you can't say it. And I guess you certainly can't say it if you're in the broadcast booth. Yeah, and to your point about how Jeez. the left uses that as their power, that's one way throughout history is keep us separated, keep us so we can't communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And that's why the internet is such a challenge to those in power. It's because we're able to communicate with each other. But that's exactly the language barrier. If we can keep a certain segment of the voting block, in this case, uh, separate from everybody else, you know, we can we, we can control the information flow to them. We're the one. No, no, you need to do this. You need to do this. And they can't communicate with the rest of America. Absolutely. They are ripe for the picking. We want to communicate with everybody that's here. Uh, it's good for the Democrats. <sighs> it's good for them. They love it. 888-900-3393. More Packer Unleashed coming up. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network.
Ray returns uh-huh. on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We were just talking about that Ken, uh, that Mike Schmidt thing, um, where he was talking about Spanish speaking players and whether or not they can kind of lead the clubhouse of English speaking guys. No, <laughs> uh, there's a communication barrier there. There's a language barrier there. You're talking about how ridiculous this is, and, and the Democrats love this because it helps them with their power base. It helps them keep everybody who comes here and can't speak English under their thumb because they give them just enough. Keith was just just made the comment that the Dems make it so that we're the ones who are supposed to, we're the ones who need to adapt mm-hmm. by speaking Spanish. And they know for a fact we're not going to do that. They know we're not going to do that. But they make just enough, um, just enough concessions to the Spanish speakers in the form of government documents and whatever that they can keep them functioning a little bit in society, but not too much. So, you know, you'll see your government documents and whatever you need to say, see, and, and, and we'll give you some, we'll give you some of the, uh, email messages or the phone mail messages in Spanish. For Spanish, el prima numero dos. Okay, so we'll give you that. <laughs> just so you can navigate the system from time to time. But we're not going to teach you English because that'll take you too far. It is the Democrat plantation and they want everybody on it. I just, I hate it. I hate it, but we're the ones who are racist. We're the ones who are hateful. There's nothing more hateful than making sure these people have no chance mm-hmm. of succeeding in the society on a, on a decent level. It's so sad. And they want these immigrants here. It is sad. They want, they want zero yeah. border. They want they them do. to flood in here. And they want their vote. That's all they want from you, immigrant. Yeah. They want your vote to solidify their power and they will give you just enough information along the way to make sure that you tow the line. Just pisses me off. And again, and then they turn it around and say, no, no, you guys, you guys with your, with your uh, racist English only. Well, what, what, what do you mean English only? Then so if you speak Spanish, you're going to be arrested? I mean, they take it to that nonsensical extreme. Nobody's ever said that. There are countries, we're not one of them, who have English as their official language. They don't arrest non-English speakers. It's stupid. The left has no love for immigrants nor the rule of law. Immigrants, minorities, rule of law, any of it. They're the worst at all of it. And you know what? Maybe this new study of the millennials means that people are catching on to that. Maybe, just maybe, with uh, millennials falling 9% in two years in their support for Democrats... Maybe that says they're catching on. I sure hope so. Because it's, it, it's pathetic. 888 900 uh, 3393 <laughs> Toby McAvoy says that's going to be your last words. Hashtag Pat's last words. 888-900-3393. Bang. And then it's over. <laughs> and then it's over. <laughs> I'm uh. glad that everybody's having such a good time with the hashtag <laughs> Pat's last words. Meaning that today could be it for me. That's wonderful. Nah, you got tomorrow morning. I mean, don't be dramatic, man. What other fun, fun (laughs) last words do we Uh, have, Let's see. Nick in Detroit, uh, Mm -hmm. my doctor has the body of a Greek god. (laughs) 
I don't, that's the Arlen Specter thing? Uh-huh. My doctor has the body of a Greek god. <laughs> All right, that's from the Senator. Arlen Specter book. Yeah. Uh-huh. When, he, when he came out and explained uh, his fascination with Senator John Thune. Creepy. We were in the Senate bathhouse. Uh, Ted Kennedy came in naked and looked like a walrus. <laughs> <laughs> Exploding and displacing water all over the all over the floor. Oh, not the first time he's But then the entered John Thune with the body of a Greek god. Ugh. We made tender love for the next fourteen hours. <laughs> or something to that effect. I think that's a loose translation. Very yeah. close, though. Uh, Nicole tweets out, hashtag uh, Pat's last words. Mm-hmm. Bury me with my megaphone. Uh, okay. Yes. Right. See you going out mm-hmm. with that. Right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is good. Spunky mm. trucker. Pat's last words. Figures. I just invested in Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> that's about uh, when I would do it, too. And then, <laughs> and then I'd kick it. And then it would go from 9,000 to 48,000 in a day. <laughs> exactly what would happen. Uh-huh. Uh, Martin Scorsese has criticized... We've been seeing a lot of criticism of Rotten Tomatoes lately. Now Scorsese's on the bandwagon, too. He has criticized the aggregator websites Rotten Tomatoes and CinemaScore, and he railed against the devaluation of cinema itself at the Turner Classic Movies Film Festival this last weekend. In his acceptance speech for the inaugural Robert Osborne Award at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood, Scorsese said the review aggregators lead films to be instantly judged and dismissed before audiences can see them and judge for themselves. <laughs> now, all, all Rotten Tomatoes does is take all the critics and put them together and say, uh, okay, 68% of them liked it. And that is a fresh, that's like a good tomato score. If it's under, I, I forget what the percentages yeah, look, are. With it, the audience, it's got to be about 60%, I'll I think. And maybe around the same for the critics. And But they also show you the audience score, which is really important to me. Because if the critics are like 40% or 20%, but the, the audience is 90%, I'm going to say, oh, okay, I probably like that movie. Yep. Frankly, I don't. I usually don't care what the critics think. I would like to know: Do you see a movie? Do bad reviews of a movie on Rotten Tomatoes keep you from going to that movie? Mm. Like if you you're super excited about Avengers: Infinity Wars, and I, I I don't know what the score was on Rotten Tomatoes, but let's say it had a bad score on Rotten Tomatoes, would that keep you from going? There's no way. And these guys are acting like. We have no mind of our own. If Rotten Tomatoes is at 12% critics and 20% audience, no, I'm not going to see that then. 
if there's a movie I'm excited about, I'm going anyway. Right, right. Am and, I alone in that? And I think the trick is to get to the theater before Glenn Beck ruins it for you. <laughs> yes. Because. Yes. Didn't he talk about Avengers already? Yep. And, and I covered my ears and I mm. left the, the control room when he did that la, yesterday. La, 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 mm-hmm. la, la, yep. I went, okay. Checking out. So um, uh, it is 60%. That is the that is the cutoff okay. for That's a positive cutoff review or the splat thing. Is it 60 for the audience as well? Yeah. 60 for both. I think it's for both. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, wait. That's steady to me. Okay. Certified fresh is 75% or higher, but uh, 60% is just means positive. Oh, okay. And then the little splat thing, the rotten, is below 60. Uh, the audience score, I think it goes by the same thing. But anyway, check this out. Infinity Wars, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, critics, 84% liked it. Audience, 93 I'm like going the, to that movie. That sounds incredible by I'm going to that both movie all day. There. So it can cut both ways, just like always. Capitalism. Produce good movies. Free market. But I'd like to know, does does a bad review or a you know a rotten tomato score of what is the rotten tomato score by audience or critics or both that would stop you from going to a movie you otherwise really wanted to see? Triple eight nine hundred Thirty-three ninety-three. Uh, Scorsese says no one is more knowledgeable, more committed, or draws more inspiration from the film art form that I know of than Martin Scorsese. Oh, DiCaprio said that. He also explained how his working relationship relationship with Scorsese taught him to appreciate film as an art over the course of his career. He gave me an immense appreciation for the greatness of cinema's past, and not only memorable performances, but also an appreciation for dictatorial, directorial. Achievements throughout the history of movie making. Oh, that makes everything he says about uh, Rotten Tomatoes perfectly <laughs> fine. Then, what does that have to do with this story? <laughs> you know, DiCaprio is kind of a weird cat. Doesn't he seem like he's gotten a little weird over the years? Oh, yes. Maybe he's always been weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, good point. I don't know. I usually have liked his movies, but he's he's not fun to listen to. Mm-mm. And he's a big global warming guy. And you know, the um, here's another question. I I try to follow along with the Avengers stuff, and there's some movies that I haven't seen with the characters, but I have no interest in ever seeing the Hulk one because of Mark Ruffalo or whatever his name is. Yeah. Because he just ruined it for me. Like, you're talking about DiCaprio? Yeah. I, oh, That's that why I'm idiot. not going to that movie, because all I'm going to be doing for two hours is staring at the screen going... I can't stand anything you say online. That guy Your is voice annoys me. Everything. An idiot. So dumb. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> are we mindless enough to just be led around by Rotten Tomato? I just think it's a really good resource. I, I love it. I, I go and I check it almost every time, but it doesn't mean if Rotten Tomatoes doesn't like it that I'm not going to go. I might not tell my wife what the score is because she might say, oh, nobody's, nobody likes it. Maybe we shouldn't go to that. <laughs> I think she'd be more likely to be. I don't know. I don't know. But, but what if it's a word of mouth thing? What if somebody that you like, a friend or somebody that tells you either terrible. good or bad, does that influence your decision or her decision? It depends. Is it Glenn telling me that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, that's a double-edged sword, man. It's like because, he's going to ruin it for you mm-hmm. or he's going to tell you it's the greatest movie ever. And you get in there like, what movie what was he talking he ta- about? Did he see the same movie? Or it, he could also say it was terrible and I'll have liked it. I don't know. We kind of went in different directions as far as movies, I think, mm-hmm. over the last few years. Not sure what happened there. We used to agree on, and sometimes still do, but 
sometimes he'll hate something I liked and vice versa. Well, see, he's a woman. Yes, that's and right. So he's got an estrogen content of about ninety nine percent. Two different perspectives on things uh-huh. is what the deal is. <gasps> that wow, that was so sexist. Hmm? Are you saying that women have differing views than men? Uh, I would say in general, oh, wow. absolutely yes. Oh mm-hmm. wow, one hundred percent. Okay, let me let me uh, wiggle room my. for me here. Okay. 99.9%. Yes, I agree with that. Men and women, different views on things. <laughs> How could you... Uh, what are you, John Kelly now? <laughs> At the White House? The chief of staff there? <laughs> no, new bombshell report on John Kelly. Oh, here we go. Some details about remarks he's made that have apparently rattled female staffers. <laughs> Get this. Okay. Okay, first of all, they say that he called President Trump an idiot. He denies that completely. Um, but there's some other remarks. Kelly has told top aides multiple times, oh no, that women are more emotional than men, including at least once in front of the president, four current and former officials said. <laughs> In front of the President of the United States, he said women are more emotional than men? And this man's still living. How dare he? Hmm. How dare you imply that there's any difference between men and women? We make every decision the same based on the same biochemistry in our bodies. The same makeup of hormones. It's so stupid. You can't even state the obvious anymore. No. Oh, good gosh. No. If it's a fact, you it's better not keep it to yourself. We've got to be science deniers. I mean, I love the fact that they, they used to refer to us all the time as science deniers. We're science deniers. And yet, with all this biology and uh, gender stuff, they're denying science. And, and we're the ones who are trying to remind them, hey, wait a minute. There are differences between men and women, okay? And, and even when they Jeez. have stated in the past, like we saw with Bill Nye talking about on his program, his little kid's show, the differences between men and women. Oh, they went back and scrubbed that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't find that yeah. now because, boy, we can't be on record as, well, <sighs> stating fact. Want to hear from you on this. Are you offended by uh, John Kelly's comments that women are more emotional? And uh, does Rotten Tomatoes... Is it a be all and end all as far as their reviews of a movie for you? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, you know, I recently learned a couple of months ago, I think, that there are seventy two thousand veterans organizations. When we first started talking to Troy at Dog Tag Furniture, he told us seventy two thousand organizations. Not one of them pay for funerals for servicemen and women. Uh, the death benefit for vets is pathetic. Average funeral cost is $6,600. The VA pays only up to $300 for a non-service-connected death. Dog Tag Furniture was founded when Troy lost a close friend to suicide, and his family didn't have the money to bury him. So Troy prayed in his buddy's garage, turned some scrap lumber into American flags, started selling them door-to-door. They look like this. They're absolutely beautiful. And he... Didn't have a license to do this door-to-door. Somebody called the police on him. Shut him down. Fortunately, though, the police helped him pass the hat, and they raised enough funds to pay for that service. And then he decided, all right, I'm going to get to work. 
I'm going to make a bunch of these. I'm going to start a website and people can buy these because he, he tried to get do- just donations for nothing at the time. Just donations out of the goodness of your heart. Just a charitable contribution to pay for the funeral of a veteran. And people were like, well, what do I get for it? So he made something they get for it. So with this, you know, you can pay $125. You get that beautiful thing. Maybe you don't have $125. Maybe you have 20 Just donate it to his cause. It's really, it's, it's great. Visit dogtagfurniture.com today. Dogtagfurniture.com. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. was it okay very succinct she's right about it yeah she thought maybe there's something else you know greatest show ever done oh something like that you want us to work some on some accolade. imaging <laughs> some new words new verbiage i mean just pack gray unleashed and that's it what okay all right well if you don't have anything nice to say just don't say anything at all just introduce the guy and here we go all right triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three with your thoughts also at pat unleashed and everybody's having fun with the hashtag pat's last words because as uh, glenn pointed out this morning i go in for surgery again tomorrow could die <laughs> so yeah what do you think my last words could be uh from constitutional water cannon John Kasich sucks. Oh, yeah. That could definitely uh, happen. GD Chapel says, coming up, traffic and weather together every five minutes on the fours. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Ouellette. Uh, this has to be done with the bullhorn. Of course it does. Michael Ziha Bilova. Michael Ziha Beetlejuice. <laughs> Michael Ziha Beelzebub. Uh, also, uh, Dr. Mike Fountain, <laughs> Pat's last words, where are the men <laughs> from the wonderful Alex Jones tirade? Mm-hmm. Where are the men? Triple eight, nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We were talking about Rotten Tomatoes and whether their reviews chase you off a movie. You were thinking you were looking forward to it. You're, you know, getting your tickets and then as you're. Finding your tickets, you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score just to see, and oh boy, uh, 30% critics, 58% audience. Would you still go to that movie? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Lori in Washington, you're on the blaze. Hi, Pat. Hi, Keith. Hey. Um, I, am, I am very much like you that if I look at a Rotten Tomatoes and the critics love it and the audience hates it, I will avoid it. Mm-hmm. And if the critics hate it and the audience loves it, I'm going to give it a shot. That's how I am. Um, yep. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Infinity War twice since it's opened, and I'm going oh. again on Thursday. I'm not really going for the plot. It's man candy for two and a half hours. It's amazing. So I'm capable of making my own decisions about how to spend <laughs> my time. But it is it, seriously just for me. It, it's Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth and Robert Downey Jr. on the screen. I'm going. I don't care if the ticket is forty five dollars. I will go. Wow. I will go. I will go. Oh, and I have, I have, Pat. I have an update for you on your Facebook fan page. We are over a thousand members. 
we cracked a thousand in the last couple of weeks. So On the Facebook, we're, we're about okay. Our, you Facebook have a Facebook fan page, fan page. which I didn't yeah. even know about. So you, I, I think you mentioned this one other time. Yeah, yeah, I did. I so did. it still so exists, anybody, and it's actually yeah. growing a little bit. Good. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we took it from <laughs> two hundred and fifty to over a thousand in just a few months, and we're almost getting ready to kick Doc's butt. So you're just a couple uh, hundred right. below Doc. <laughs> Good. So, so, uh, anybody Lori, out there, just look at Perpetually Unleashed. Yeah, Lori, s- send me that link, and then we'll tweet that out. Okay. Okay. So, awesome. other than the Fantastic. hot men in the movie, though, was the movie good? It is amazing. Oh is my it? gosh the the they they throw every great character in there, and they use everybody in the exact way that you want. You don't want to sit there and listen to Robert Downey Jr. pontificate for a half hour. So you don't. Every it, it bounces around all over the place, great. but it makes complete sense. Uh-huh. And it was silent in the theater when the credits rolled. Silent. So. Wow. Be prepared. Be prepared. It's sort of a, a so, gut wrencher, but it's great. Don't tell me great. who, but there are people who die, right? Is, yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. All right. Thanks, Lori. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. People die. People die. Thank you, Pat. Stars die. Um, well, everybody knows that, right? I mean, that is, that's been talked about for a while that like, I don't know. I keep hearing three of them are going to die. Don't know who, don't know which. I don't know why. When are you going to see this? I don't know. I'm kind of going through some stuff right now. Good. I mean, people are worried about my last words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I may never see it. I'm just making sure because my you know plan I mean? is to see it this weekend. Yeah. And I'm just hoping not to cross paths with you after you've seen it and before I do. So rest up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, w- I would love to. I'd like to see it. My wife has kind of given up on the. She's tired of the hero movies. You know, the, the Marvel movies. And they're they're filming more right right now. Oh, by the way. I mean, yeah. it's not like it's are. over because of this big Infinity War. No, I think we need to pay more attention to the word Infinity because <laughs> yes. uh, I think it's going to be Infinity movies. Apparently, I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they're they're just making too much money on it to do anything about it to yeah. to ever stop that franchise. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, the critics. You know what you can count on them for you, as Lori pointed out, if. They love it, but the audience doesn't. Like, it's 93% critic approval and 40% audience. I'm going to think, okay, that's some artsy thing I don't care about. Exactly. That's shape of water or Mm. room with a view or something stupid like that. If it's the other way around, 20% critics love it, 90% of the audience, it's either religious or it's a really feel-good movie that's just fun to watch. Yep. And has, you know, it's it's not the art. It's not the cinematography. Which I, I don't go to a movie for that. I go to the movie to get my mind off um, my kidneys. You know? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, So, uh, uh, we'll see you hopefully yeah. day after tomorrow. We'll be thinking about you. Certainly we'll be- not tomorrow, but that doesn't mean you've heard my last word necessarily it could mean that but i hope it doesn't and then hopefully we'll see you thursday or friday tuesday some point wednesday sometime you know somewhere in there it'll be fine yeah it'll be fine of course it will feel better Uh, man all right thanks we'll see you uh have a great couple of days Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.